Hey everyone, this is Ramin here. We called this episode Episode Zero because it was initially intended to be an episode of my podcast, Rainbow Brain Skull, where Shane was coming on to be a guest. Halfway through, though, we started talking, we started bringing up uh, before where we wanted to do an evolutionary biology podcast together or one where we watched animal shows together, and we were kind of revisiting that idea, and by the end of the episode, we had decided, why don't we just start a podcast together and actually do it this time? So this is an origin story of our new show, Mind Under Matter. In this episode, we don't even know the title yet of our new show. That's how raw it is. So tune into this one if you want to know what this show uh, came out of. And then, of course, check out episode one, episode two, and so on. And watch the evolution of this show about what is under everythingness. Yeah, so our, our the actual Mind Under Matter show has all sorts of structure and we've, we've really developed it. And, and at the time we're recording this, we already have seven episodes banked and have a sense of who we are and what we're delivering. And this episode is just a fun way to uh, hear, hear in the moment when some of these ideas came into being. So... Watch us and listen to us give birth on episode zero. All right. Well, looks like we're in an official podcast and I totally have stuff to talk about <laughs> and I prepared and I have uh, notes and I also understand basic concepts as well and complicated concepts. <laughs> and oh, man, you know, I normally do some like light miniature preparing, but then when it it's like when it's you. It's like, no, I know Shane so well, I don't need to prepare anything. And then, like, I get here and you like, better well, know my Wikipedia page, mister. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna quiz you right now. When I, when I started in comedy, did I have anxiety about being on stage? Yes. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. You got it. All right. Next question. Yes. And you've appeared on Conan. <laughs> times oh conan doesn't even exist anymore nothing exists anymore it's kind of fun <laughs> like is. when when three things go out of business it's like oh but then when it's everything it's like sure why not liquid <laughs> everything must go and we're like the last things to go we get to witness the death of everything and then like the repo people then point to us and it's like all right you guys get in the truck too and then we get shot in the back by I don't know, whatever uh, fascist government. It's a, amazing as a comedian to be like, you know, we uh, not to, we're not all Lenny Bruce or whatever, which I didn't even actually like Lenny Bruce much, but you know, but, but, but we're, we're commenting on, on existence in one way or another you know we're we're commenters with with jokes and like alien anthropologists and it's amazing to be that for a living and then have like the one apocalypse happen where you definitely can't work <laughs> <laughs> or if you do you're an asshole and so you just gotta like watch all of it and uh, I, I don't know. It's 
It's okay if you're a really successful comedian, though. If you're really successful, you can go tour as much as you want because, hey, <laughs> yeah. man, I gotta. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I gotta do it. <laughs> if I don't, I won't feel alive. Not, <laughs> nothing, nothing's made me feel worse about my career choice than that stuff. Like, people, people that, like, are trying to grind out a living on the road is one thing. People that are sacrificing their income like could make more money just like putting out a bonus podcast or yeah. something <laughs> and, uh, instead like paying money to go and do like a distanced show where you're probably going to get people sick is just like and they're all getting sick already like there's so many comedians that are just giving it to each other and getting they, over they aren't even telling people like how many when when Andrew Santino, um, I listened to his podcast about about Why? getting COVID. <laughs> just <kidding. laughs> I think he's a funny guy. And, yeah, I just uh, had to burn him. I don't I don't even know him. And he uh, yeah, I, I actually think he's great. But he came out when he he got he got COVID just like very at least as far as he thinks. He got COVID doing like just a normal, like having a friend over to watch TV. And he, but anyway, the interesting thing about it was he said, I know so many comedians that won't, that won't uh, tell people that they got COVID because they're ashamed of it or whatever. And like this, is this shame like a problem? Like the shames you like people not having enough of it. <laughs> is a fucking problem. Yeah, bring back the shame. Yeah, you you can't like really co comedians who are like supposed to be like I'll get up there and I'll expose all of my inner secrets. Actually, that's interesting cuz it's the comics that are the attacky your shirt's dumb comics that are the ones that are hiding like that they have covid. If I got covid, it would be the one thing like you wouldn't shut me up about it. Yeah. <laughs> People would be like, God, Shane is sure riding that I got COVID. Yeah, you get in the news for at least two days. <laughs> barring no major other news thing. But no uh, someone had a game news. where it was uh, canceled COVID or dead. And the game is if you see someone trending, are it's like, are they canceled? Oh. Are they dead or do they have COVID? And it's always one of the three. It's not they have a new record out. Oh, man. It is. You know, when you say that, I think that I've gone a little off the deep end in terms of, like, rage scrolling. <laughs> like, I, I know what I'm doing when I'm doing it. Like I like a lot of people don't even know that there were like I knew the first time that I got off social media, like I it was when I noticed that I would like scroll through Twitter. And I took like three years off basically, but I, I would scroll through Twitter and then I catch myself multiple times. I'm like, oh, you were actually having a nice time, and then you just started scrolling until you <laughs> found something to be mad about. You can't do that anymore. And now I like with full mindfulness go, ooh, I'm going to go get mad about <laughs> something. 
<laughs> the only time I uh, you don't get mad on Twitter is when there's an ad. It feels like <laughs> advertisements are the are the mindfulness of Twitter now. Like everything is, it's just a big garbage dump. And you're yeah. you're particularly closer to it because I see you you go off against the MAGA people often. Yeah. And like I'm, you know, at first I'm I have the impulse of like, why is he leaning into that so much? They're they're already. <laughs> You're not going to convince them to get out of that cult, preaching oh, yeah, to the yeah. choir, et cetera. But then I remember that, like, oh yeah, you're you're in that location right now. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm one blowing off steam, and two being an anthropologist, an angry anthropologist. Like if an anthropologist went and studied a tribe of people and was like, these fucking idiots. <laughs> <laughs> Which <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which which was like early anthropology. Sadly, <laughs> sadly enough, there We're was just looking at idiots. There was like, there was this guy Buffon who uh, <laughs> who is so, that where buffoon comes from? I wonder, actually. I I don't think so. He was the way was, that there's Benedict Arnold and that kind of thing. I mean, the first buffoon was just a guy named Buffon. I really doubt it. He was he De Buffon was an extra name that it wasn't his his like his real name was like five five words five um, m e o d m t. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, so his given name was. Jorge Louis Leclerc. Okay. And he was French. And then on top of that, once when he was traveling with a duke, he decided to add Comente de Buffon. So you have to call him all of that. Because he was like, I'm traveling around with a duke. I better throw a little extra pizzazz. What's the Buffon mean, though? It's it's just like a name that he made up to like a fancy sounding name that I don't know maybe it was Latin for something or something or other but he was just like my George Luis Lequeur or or whatever isn't fancy enough sounding on its own so now it's George Luis Lequeur Tomate <laughs> de Buffon and call me by all of those names and. and- so there was there was this idea in early evolutionary theory that uh, that um, there there were these centers of creation. It was actually when when Darwin started. So Buffon was before Darwin, but when when Darwin um, first started traveling uh, and taking his voice, he was actually looking for these centers of creation. Centers of creation meaning they were already starting to pick up on something was going on with variety and species. They didn't understand evolution, but it was like, why are things like so similar but different? And the centers of creation was like, oh, God must have made like one bird. And then there's all these other bird mutations and God must have made like a cat. And then there's all these permanations, a wolf, and there's all these permanations. So there's these centers of evolution. And 
Um, and there was this popular, so, so when, when, uh, Amer when per people first started coming to America, they were trying to get more people from like Europe to come to America and, and Europe was trying to do like a lot of propaganda to like keep people from going and saying like America sucked and stuff. And it was like full of savages and all this other stuff. <laughs> and, and so Buffon, who was the preeminent naturalist of his of his day and he went around like cataloging all of the species at the time and this was like his great master work and everything and uh and, and it was like remark uh, in a lot of ways remarkable work that he was doing but he he was he had this idea of degeneration so so like things can things can degenerate from this center of of these these centers of creation and so america must be uh degenerating from these <laughs> centers of of because it's further away and and he so europe was like well curated by humans already like farmland and everything else and there was like sh streets and stuff going to america it was like full of swamps and shit at the time and so he's all in like your fancy french uh, you know, 1700s coat and like fancy boots. And you just gave yourself, you just threw a extra Camante de Buffon on your name. And now you're <laughs> trenching through a swamp and just like not having it. And, and, <laughs> and so, so he started attacking. He was like, this is evidence of this degeneration look, all of the species there are smaller. And even going there, you start to degenerate. And so Amer like, look at these Native Americans that, that are, uh, that, that are uh, inferior to us, but even Europeans that go there start to degenerate. And so then like the founding fathers were getting all, <laughs> so, like once they were in France and Benjamin Franklin was like, you wanna, you wanna know what I think? about degeneration <laughs> everyone stand up and everyone stood up in the room and the americans were taller than the french people Hell yeah <laughs> So he was like, ha ha, even, <laughs> even though he was actually shorter, he was the outlier that was shorter. And, uh, and so it was like, how could we get bigger? This is your whole argument. or And that still wasn't convincing. And so Buffon was still coming at them with this. And this story is going to wrap up in a moment here. Sorry to monopolize this, but it's great. I thought this I've, was the Buffon podcast. <laughs> I've never gotten to share this with anyone before. Um, uh, he, then he went, to, <laughs> then he started arguing with Thomas Jefferson, who was a naturalist in his own right. Like he just, he discovered there's a, there's a giant ground sloth named after him, the Jefferson sloth that he got like obsessed with. It was this huge, they didn't believe in extinction at the time. So they thought this thing was still alive and it was like the size of an elephant. So he was like, hey, Lewis and Clark, you might want to watch out for this thing. Like when you're out <laughs> adventuring, it has like these huge claws and stuff. They thought it was like a big cat. So anyhow, um, so Jefferson not having the, trying to get 
this uh, trying to come out against this degenerate uh, degeneration evolutionary theory that was being used to slander America at the time was like, I'll show you, we don't have small mammals, bring me a moose. (laughs) And then (laughs) then he he had him get a moose, which was like a whole thing. It like took fucking forever just to get a damn moose. Like, perfect because he wanted one with like the biggest horns and stuff and then he was like and then he put it in a crate and sent it to Buffon he's like <laughs> you're once you see this you're gonna know how wrong you are and then you're gonna want to mount this thing we know how much you like mounting stuff <laughs> so he just sends this that's then at when it arrives weeks later is just this festering <laughs> moose it's Cor- clearly dead at this point, right? It's got to be dead. <laughs> it's, oh, it was dead when they put it in the box. It's of just course. been rotting for three weeks. And then, he, and then Buffon wasn't even there. And he's like, you better hurry up and take a look at this moose. That I just like spent all this time planning this like slam. And now my slam's just like rotten in a box at your home. <laughs> Get home. <laughs> get home and take a look at this box of fucking rotten corpse it's all maggots at this point (laughs) it's a moose shaped maggot hive uh so i don't even quite remember how i started off on that buffon thing it was something about naturalist stuff but that's the buffon story when was that was that fully dis well the thing with what was it called again degeneration center yeah centers of creation yeah like we're always trying to to fit things into like these specific god particles whether it's the atom or the the quark or the molecule it's like well we did it universe divides itself at this level and then it stops it's like nope too small you can't get smaller than a cat or a bird god made bird and then the other stuff there's no things that make up that and that's just always wrong there's always something smaller that makes the other thing and i think it just divides forever and also the there's the common tendency to find oneself at the center of all of this which is also the the you know the real place to be <laughs> yeah <laughs> you got to check out where i'm at right now cuz it's awesome this is the spot all this other stuff it's it's like well clearly Clearly, Europe is the superior place because I find myself in it. <laughs> like <laughs> any, any any place where I'm born must really be something else. I don't I don't really know that much about history, uh, other than the broadest parts of it. But me it's, either. You you just kind of wonder like what it was really really like like mm. back then because we're all so awful and i know that the europeans are worse than the native americans but they they were they were sacrificing stuff and scalping oh, things yeah. and like we were we were just kind of rough all around and it ended up being whoever had the better weapons tended to wipe the other one out but there was not these peaceful native americans that were one with the earth and just were in complete balance until the evil whites came and they said, we don't like your non-white skin, so we're going to take it over. But if you were white, you would be one of us. Like they weren't even thinking in terms of white, probably. It was just these are different people. These are savages. They're done. 
Yeah, and every every single every single group is going to have outgroup biases and in-group biases and stuff. And and it's there there's definitely um, you know, one thing regarding that that I heard years ago on my podcast that nothing else in this conversation I remember it being a good conversation, but I but um nothing's quite stuck with me quite like this is is something about god that was a lot of build up and this isn't that that great but what was, uh, it's, what was a lot of build up just the, the sentence you what just i'm said? about to say oh um, <laughs> okay i'll it, lower the expectations by half it's the that that um so in in studies when they have people like how how do you get the most accurate lens on things you're going to have people like working cooperatively to come up with the most accurate picture and then like you're going to test people and see like how accurate they were from helping each other out and the the system that works the most you know there's like there's a lot of different ways you can game it to like put someone in a position of like power or status artificially in a in a study and and the the basic basically the 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 gist of it is is that people in power um tend to do better listening from um uh like taking perspective and people lower in power usually benefit from giving perspective benefit in what way in terms of feeling better or actually having their status raised in terms of those two coming up with the clearer picture of i and that you know and then at the end of the study they're both going to be tested on like cooperatively how mm. well are they going to do on a test and they uh and they they so they they basically they're more in line with objective reality doing things that way so it doesn't matter if you're like a native american and there's some out group that you have power over or you're black or asian or whatever else if you're in a, a position of authority there's like plenty of research that that shows that you tend to not hear like advice that you should like like uh, uh, uh I'll, I'll take it off white guilt um there there's Asians have this like super in their culture they have this like super strict idea of like you know respecting status and everything and so much so they've had to do special training with their airline pilots because it's unsafe because the co-pilot it culturally doesn't feel like it's appropriate for them to correct a pilot <laughs> even if it's a mistake so there there's like black box recordings <laughs> i see where this is going of 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 some guy being like um <laughs> <laughs> like they're heading toward a mountain like um captain might i uh and 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 the reverse of this is that the 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 in their culture if you're the captain you shouldn't listen to a subordinate <laughs> and so the dude's just flying into the mountain like i better not listen to this guy and that happened over and over again until they started they they were having they they figured that out because they were the the asian airlines were having more um crashes than that's other airlines. so funny yeah isn't it 
isn't it strange how like the answer is kind of right in the middle because if you're if you're too collective you end up with that where you have to respect the hierarchy and then in America it's too much the opposite where like I ain't listen to what some fancy libs telling me about masks I'll yeah. wear my whatever I want over my mouth and I know it's always in a southern accent but that's the one people <laughs> accept as the dummy if you're a Southern accent and you're doing quantum physics, you ain't going to get even a master's in that bullshit. So, oh yeah, oh. <laughs> I mean, uh, uh, maybe that's why people like Jordan Peterson so much because he has that wholesome Canadian accent. But well, like, it's got it's something to it. Well, you just want to listen to the next sentence because it's raising up in importance, even if <laughs> he hasn't even gotten to the point yet. And the point's going to be coming in about rule eight, which I talk about in rule four as well in the book, which you can pre-order, which if you wanted to get the expanded version, I'll be offering a course that involves eight of the rules, which aren't mentioned in the first book, which you have to read the first book too, which people don't get, which they don't understand. And now it's kind of left the realm of what he actually talks about because it's just kind of fun to stay in the register like even after this podcast is over i'm probably going to just walk around and just say oh there's a tree and now there's the brita needs to be filled and people don't want to fill because they want the government to do it which is its whole other bloody thing <laughs> yeah he is a he is a character which i think he just if he Dude. if he just spoke normally like it would it wouldn't work maybe your impressions are so good i i do feel like you are uh i feel like you have this great way of detaching because i know that you aren't attached to like um it attacking or defending jordan peterson i know you're just doing a perfect neutral impression <laughs> and like poking a little bit of fun in a very silly way the same that you do with like terrence mckenna or something that you like appreciate their work oh everything. yeah i think there's i mean of course i i like um i like mckenna or i probably dry i probably get more out of mckenna than i do out of Peterson and I think Peterson has a lot of great ideas and and things it's just so funny to yeah. to to have him as a character and I know a lot of people don't like him because they're you know anything that's even slightly right of of the farthest left you can go just people yeah. like to put them in the bad bin and then they're good because oh I made this person a bad person yeah I I definitely I definitely don't I I do like I do like people's ability to um divorce themselves from uh from feelings enough when like when poking fun because usually I'll I'll be like oh I want to like <laughs> like pe some people are like we're going to playfully roast somebody and I'm like oh I'm going to actually attack them there will be like <laughs> there will be jokes <laughs> there there will be jokes but they'll be like a little bit too far they'll be a little have undertones of like uh, i'm taking it a little too seriously yeah <laughs> and, and that's my that's definitely something that i'm exploring i definitely had i was i was bullied as a kid i was i bullied too i'm not i'm not saying like poor me yeah you give a little you take a little yeah and but but in my response to bull, being bullied which i'm not 
I'm not, it, it was what it was. I, I don't even, I don't have a hard feeling at anyone that, that bullet, like this isn't shape me, whatever. It, it, it's like, we were just kids. I don't give a shit. But my, my response that got trained into me was to fucking jab at, at the, at the biggest guy and, uh, and, uh, and keep on jabbing and people with like an aggressive. And so like, I, I was always just kind of a little shit. And, um, and I see that myself still like, like there's, a, there's a real like little shit in me that like definitely comes out under stress. Like when I'm my best self, I can be like, you know what? I'm going to tour around the South talking about evolution in fun ways. And they just haven't given, had the chance to uh, hear it in a way that they can understand. And I'm going to make a whole podcast, science podcast, specifically meant to make these ideas acceptable so that if my mega aunt and uncles were listening, they could understand and then they can see these new perspectives. And then when I my fuse is shorter, I go, let me tell you about how dumb these <laughs> <laughs> and I have a lot of science that can really dissect exactly how they got to be so dumb and why they won't listen to. And by the way, I'm when I say dumb, I don't mean um, uh, capabilities like I'm not you making mean current of, reaching their current level of their potential being reached. Right. I'm, I'm, I mean, just like the way jumping off something that's too, too high and breaking both your feet are dumb. I was per perfectly capable to make a different decision. Eight feet, eight feet, eight feet. <laughs> yeah. And it's just, and I, I've done, I've done, I promise you, I've done more dumb things in my life than probably your average mega person. I, I, <laughs> I, I can promise you that. I, I would be shocked to find that I hadn't done more like stupid crap and like almost lost my life way more times than just your average, like vanilla middle of the road, like nine to five or mega. But those were all personal, unless you're about to correct me. Like the, the dumb things you did were putting yourself in danger, oh, whether yeah. it's too many psychedelics or ju jumping off the cliff, et cetera, but not, uh, not I, like I changing never... power. <laughs> I never tied a rope around a crowd of other people and was like, you're jumping too. <laughs> no, no one else gets a say in, in this, but me. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. I was, I was thinking about, so I haven't, I haven't kept up with here we are much this year. And I was thinking about it. Like I've almost been avoiding medical information because i know it's going to it's going to upset me to see how far off everything is playing out from what the people that know shit are saying oh yeah is, are, is it infuriating you to be talking to these virologists and then being like well i guess nobody listened to that and the government is going to be doing this instead and the population is doing this even the people that claim to be about you know uh, quarantining and staying in like that all goes out the window the week that it's not cool. If yeah. it's more about something else that week, then we're done with quarantine. 
Yeah, it's it's pretty heartbreaking, actually. <laughs> um, and and yeah, it's it's really frustrating. And uh, like that's that's a lot of like what I'm like my stuff is on Twitter is like out of frustration. And I don't think that I'm right about every and and like so. There's a couple things that I have that I really take issue with, or not issue that I find challenging. Is one is divorcing people from. Uh, or, or getting people to divorce the idea that science and government are two very different things and the science and how the scientific method works and how like papers get published and studies get done is a very, very, very different process than how elections and fundraising and that sort of stuff happen. And people tend to think of scientists as authority in all authority like, you know, lump it all, all in um, together. And so then you have these things like if you if you were to take. So so imagine a scientist saying, hey, we have these condoms. We oh, found- yeah, this is going to be a fun party. If it weren't for the condoms. <laughs> but I like that there's a scientist and I like that they're the ones suggesting it. <laughs> condoms have this finding that if you wear a condom, it, it, it drives down your chance of getting disease down to like basically zero. And, and then, uh, you know, if you're just, whatever, let's just make it as simple as that. Um, and then, no, wait, what was, what was going to complicate it? This is, this well, is the place there's to like say cunnilingus it. and stuff like that. Like that people make all sorts of, you know, people, people tell themselves all sorts oh, of things. Oh yeah. Let's like, use a dental. Well, did you ever hear of dental dams? I'm sure you have. Uh, yeah, Isn't that I've so never, funny I've that that existed? One. No, of course you didn't. Could you imagine? I think Patrice had a had a joke about like, hold on one second, let me let me get this so cover my mouth so that I don't taste the poison. I mean, that's that is that's I mean, so much of the problems with science are are that some of the conclusions are insanely inconvenient and like uh you know not the you know a lot of them is like putting a fucking condom on on your uh on your on your life uh not always but there's i'm sure there's plenty of science based techniques that can improve your sex life as well but the point is is like say we come up with this idea that um that okay condoms condoms limit disease spread and then yeah, advocate for that. And then they're like, hey, maybe we should think about making some sort of policy. Like maybe we should like give condoms out at schools or something like that. And then what some like government decides to land on is in our country, condoms are mandatory. If you're having sex with a stranger, they are mandatory. You can go to prison if you have uh, if you bear back a stranger and, and then another country doesn't do that. So you have like these two, they're, they're like parallel in every other way other than this law. It wouldn't surprise me if there was more disease spread in the country that put that mandate, that mandated condoms than in the one that just get, put the information out there and got it to, got it to people. It wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me. And, and, but that, that wouldn't, 
uh, because people don't like being told what to do and they might do the opposite and they might and it might make it sexier like once the once the government starts telling you you have to wear a condom like now you're even uh, more of a bad boy for oh yeah and 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 but you wouldn't then like look at the numbers and be like oh i guess condoms don't work like no Mm. no not using condoms don't work sometimes government mandates that that like screw up the, like the psychology and the way people do things might do but these are two very different issues the one is the issue is our sign our condom scientifically proven to work and two is is the government going to be successful in getting as many people as possible to use them and use them correctly so where you're going with this is, are you relating it to the mask thing? Yeah, and and then just just most of the COVID denial generally. They but really, yeah. I mean, this has been said ad nauseum or whatever the term is, but just it could not have been played worse. The whole thing with, oh, yeah. the, you know, masks don't work and then masks work and then mask mandate and then there's Trump going the opposite side. Then you've got Biden and Kamala with the masks in there. Uh, promo pictures, which we got used to it pretty quick, but oh my God, what a dystopian image to send people five years ago where it's Trump running for re-election versus Biden and Kamala Harris with these black masks covering yeah. their face. You'd just be like, what happened? I thought we were going to get, uh, you know, I thought it was going to be Hillary next or it was going to be, I mean, who else was looking all right? Oh, yeah. Maybe Jeb was looking good to the more moderate people the moderate people would have loved low energy jeb oh yeah that would have been a dream like yeah back to moderation he's not as wild as w he's more like his dad i I think that uh you know any anyone who likes can go through i just i just looked through all of my old tweets and things from 2016 and i didn't i didn't have one pro hillary tweet i didn't have one anti any other politician I, I i didn't i didn't make jokes about ted cruz or anything else all that i did was say what the fuck is this guy what's he doing here no oh, what how is this possible no <laughs> no we don't the, the, we don't go with this guy oh like over and over and over again and and people were like oh stop being dramatic i just went through my things recently like the the things that I was told were being dramatic back then are so adorable. Like <laughs> 2016, Shane had no idea. It was like, like there was one tweet that's like, he's probably just going to try to pardon himself for lawsuits from Trump University. <laughs> like, oh, you have no idea the things he's going to try to pardon himself. Yeah. Which they're both cons, but it's, uh, and I don't even really know the depth as to which they both are, other than with the Democrats, it's very obvious where they um, they screwed over Bernie in 2016, oh, they yeah. screwed over Bernie this year, and that same spike that you see, because you know when they're saying the election was fake, they say that there was a big spike of Biden votes all of a sudden, and you see the same thing with Bernie. So I could see why people would think that they're corrupt like that. But 
they completely ignore the con side of Trump because it's a different style of cons or they're like, they're the cons, but he's the good guy, but it's just a different con. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, I get that. And there's, there's a couple things, man, we have a zillion things to talk about. Um, Oh, so, so one in terms of like, in terms of COVID messaging and stuff, first off early on, I, I know from, from people sending me papers from like the, the, uh, the, here's why masks don't work. Um, but the, there was just in March, they just weren't like scientists weren't sure what to say in terms of like, what should we mandate with public policy? At the time they were saying you don't need a mask, it was because they were on lockdown and no one was supposed to be seeing one another. And and they didn't like, so there was genuine concern within the papers is like, if you start trying to do a mandate, are, are they gonna like, are people going to let, is this gonna be too scary for people to like, for a culture that isn't used to this, for people to see like a bunch of people. This was like all the discussions they were having. And then they like made, and then they changed their mind and decided like masks are a really good idea. And then, I mean, and and then like, you know, sides got, sides got dug in, but there's definitely not, I mean, one, the whole both sides are corrupt thing is the one thing that I used to always, I mean, I've said stuff like that over and if you like, I, cause I just went through my old tweets. Yeah. I've said stuff like that over and over and over again through it's the funny, years. There's already a term for it. Like both sides is a, is a well-known term. And so is uh what about ism when people yeah, are talking yeah. about what about, what about ism? Yeah. <laughs> and I, so, so yeah, I, I think that the, the, the thing that I use over and over again is like, you don't, a centrist isn't someone that like, uh, sees like round earthers and flat earthers and is like, okay, guys, earth is a cone. Let's, com <laughs> let's compromise. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I have, I have nothing glowing to say about Biden um, he seems too old for the task. Isn't that uh, crazy? He's older than he's older than George, or he's older than Bill Clinton is now. Not when Bill Clinton ran. He's like, <laughs> yeah. And both candidates this year, and the media oh. never really talked about it because I know that you had to prioritize things. But we've got these two what octogenarians running that were born in the forties. Both of them, Trump and Biden were both been born in what? 46, 47 or something. Yeah. And Bill Clinton is older than that now. Yeah. I mean, this is so, you know, same poli now, yeah. politics are sitting and going like, you know, think tanks sitting there going, is Bernie going to be too extreme? Is Biden enough to get the like, as the elderly population is dying off from COVID, might they might they jump on the Biden ship because he's super old and like, you know, there's all these I I fucking hate politics and I don't like know American history or anything else. And and that's the stuff that I normally attack. But that that stuff is is pretty commonplace. And both both sides do do that. But like I would have never when when people started wearing masks to be pro-social, 
I would have never in a million years thought, oh, just wait till these mega idiots start refusing to wear masks and then make it their political party. And like, I, I just assumed people were like going to have a little bit of a hard time getting used to it. And like everyone would get that this is like some pro-social behavior during a global pandemic. I had no idea it was, like people were going to get so uh so dug in the split happens and then both <laughs> once again both yeah. sidesism is used too much but it's we're just describing the phenomenon that has taken place yeah they the the amount of memes and artwork that i saw that are just like wear a fucking mask <laughs> wear a fucking mask and like that made me want to not wear one just the language which is used by the yeah. the the pithy side that is yeah just memifying everything or they take a screenshot of of something trump people do and then them being the most saintly like you're clearly making things worse just yeah and there's i mean there's there's also like historical you know we have plenty of historical like data on um, just what how the human mind responds to global pandemics during tuberculosis they were trying to get people to stop spitting in the street. It was apparently quite common for people to like, you, you know, like you'd see a jogger, or like a 14 year old boy, like doing goobers or something, or like, or you picture some old cowboy spitting or something like that. But I guess that was just like men, women, everyone spit in the street. It was like something no one thought about. And with tuberculosis, they were trying to see if it would help to like get people to stop spitting their virus everywhere. They probably shot the guy that said that, right? <laughs> and oh yeah shot they, him like a dog they they hated it uh they they would like spit more just like i'll show you <laughs> and then like and then they were trying to get people to take tests and people were reluctant to and didn't trust science and like i don't know about this tuberculosis testing thing so they had to do all these dumb things like they did a one of the most effective things was they did this they did this thing where it was if you gave your word that you hadn't spit on the street in like a month or something like that, and you get a tuberculosis test, then you get to test drive a Model T. <laughs> <laughs> and it worked. And it completely Holy shit. And, and now people don't just spit on the street like it's commonplace. Like if you just went to like Salt Lake City or something and people just like spit like they used to before tuberculosis, you'd be like, what the hell is wrong with Salt Lake City? Yeah. Like this is crazy. And so, you know, there's a long history of people not managing this stuff well, but lots of countries did just have the scientists take over did just have the scientists go like hey these guys are going to tell you what to do like sweden everyone's like why can't we be like sweden well they had the scientists take over the scientists they were like the government was like oh we're out of this this isn't just do whatever and the scientists opted to not do a full lockdown there which and aren't which isn't, i don't back. know much about uh swedish culture other than what i hear from uh catherine's brother-in-law sometimes about the traditions <laughs> i love the swedes i think the swedes are the coolest yeah. but uh aren't they more of a monolith like when you think of i could be wrong with this but you could have division where it's like oh the south swedish people are like this and the northern swedish people are like this but when you picture sweden it's like no it's pretty much a country that they're down with the same shit whereas like you take 
you know, some blue haired trans person from Brooklyn, as opposed to someone in Waco, Texas, it's two different species entirely, but they're both American. Yeah. And I know it's, it's, uh, it's cheesy to, to say the blue hair, they always say like, you know, the blue hair lib, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, just to make the cartoon. Right, right. Uh, yeah. Right. But we're, we're so, we're bigger and we're more divided. So it's harder to get everyone on one page. And who knows if it would have gone the other way. I can't imagine it would. But if if all the ma- the masks had like American flags on it and then the other half yeah. didn't want to wear them because it has the American flag and it's about colonialism and... I, th- I think things are going to get better in a hurry. And I, I think that also if instead there was just like Mitt Romney or something like that taking over and in charge uh, or even even Mike Pence, uh, like I'll go so far as to say that, like even even if like Mike Pence is put in charge right now. I, I think that things would be immeasurably better. There, I but, mean, but well, this is being taped on January 16th. So as I mean, this will probably come out. I'm going to try to get this out as soon as possible. But doesn't yeah. Biden take office on the 20th? Yeah. So, so does I, it even matter? Or you're speaking like if this was a year ago? I, I'm saying like in a parallel universe. Oh, I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't want to just be saying, wait till the Democrats get in there and then they'll they'll fix everything. I mean, I, I think I think culturally, I think there will be a big shift because I think uh, oh, just yeah. Trump isn't the gasoline, but he's definitely the match. And maybe he does pour more gasoline on the on what's already there, but uh, we tend to blame the match more than the gasoline that's already there. The media pours a lot of gas on it. The 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 rising of people that lost their jobs to automation and are blaming it on immigrants. That was more of the gasoline. Yeah. Um, I and yeah. The the poor working class uh, white people are are kind of neglected. So I get why they would why they would move to that even if they don't have it as bad as i but i'm not even so sure like all all of you know like my my mega like outspoken mega aunt like has a private jet um what um she my, owns a private jet or she had time shares it i think she time shares it but what she use a private jet for um, for flying around during COVID, uh, like, uh, like uh, you know, it's it's just amazing. So is she one of those mega people that is about like, uh, you know, they're afraid China's going to take over and taxes and that kind of thing? They're just Republican and they're just voting Republican. And like, I, I don't think like... What's the laundry list she gives when normally you have a laundry list of like, well, you know, trade deals in China and Trump is actually Middle Eastern uh steel etc oh, oh no no there's not like these thoughtful oh there's covers. no thoughts it's just republican uh, is good no, it, democrats it, are thieves it's the the amount of it's just motivated reasoning like my I, so so here's what it is it's like there's this is my extended families from small town iowa and and it's it's like there's just a lot of tribalism there and there's like a lot of like wholesome like it, there's you connect with your like in close knit, like everyone knows each other's name and stuff. And you have this close knit and it's your like little town against the world. You're never going to see the rest of your little. And, and so there's a lot of like, 
Like with the capital stuff, the reason why, as my as my grandma just sent me an email that was like, this had to have been Antifa. And because <laughs> and, she can't see it any other way, because in her mind, it's just there's just this false syllogism of um, the laws are in place to uh, keep people good. Good people follow the laws and then only bad the law only punishes bad people but of course and is important in stopping bad people and 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 then um because i'm and then if you're a good person you don't break the law so as a good person anything that i'm doing is not breaking the law <laughs> And and so like oh there's a little wiggle room to like park <laughs> in a handicap spot or something like that if if you if you can like pay the you know if if the ticket means nothing to you because the laws are meant to punish the poor and not like in other systems where they have uh, like some places in Europe where they have a they that your speeding ticket is like based on your income like a percent really so, so it hurts a little that's so it hurts funny. proportionate to your because otherwise, like, it's just a $400, you know, who cares? if Not to sidetrack too much, but just it's so funny hearing about other governments, you know, mm-hmm. taking income into consideration and and monthly stipends and art grants and things like that. Like, I think even yeah. this, the Swedish guitar player that I was watching is like, well, I used the government stipend grant to make this new record and like what the <laughs> yeah. government gave you money for art and it's just a normal thing and they're like i made it during my gap year as i took a gap year to travel the world and we don't have gap years here <laughs> what are you talking about i know it's incredible and and it's just that's the 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 mentality it from some of this and and by the way here's another here's another problem with this like positioning coastal elitists against the working class is that it it there's there's too many false equivalencies one you're saying like hey it's these entitled condescending assholes you're using a pejorative term versus a salt of the earth wholesome like like i've done a lot of factory work i used to go to a bar at six in the morning (laughs) and like get blackout drunk with a bunch of factory workers like this actually furniture baby of like wholesome salt of the earth it's believe me there's for every for every academic that's like that's like we need a we need the intellectual dark web because they're uh, academia is so woke and anti-PC you can't even say anything and I'm just and I study mammals and and there's gender differences and this is completely insane to say everything's a social construct and we're not going to have freedom of speech to teach in the way well for every that's your bubble believe me if you're working in a factory there's plenty of people in a factory that wish it was a bit more woke that are sitting there like listening to uh, the loudest people. It's just like if you're if you're at the break room table in a factory, and like someone starts going off about like Asians or something <laughs> like that, they just don't have the self awareness to realize that most of the people in that break room are like Jesus 
Christ. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, you've been on the floor, whereas everyone else is just imagining this, you know, perfect yeah, creation and it's not, of it. And so there's this other thing, like this idea of ivory towers is like, I, I, I promise you that you can fit 20... I've I've been to so many different academics homes. I promise you, you can fit like 20 of their homes in one of Alex Jones property. <laughs> I, I I just had a, I just went on a hike. The, the last time I like met up for a socially distanced hike was someone was like three, three months ago with a biologist in town here. And the dude drives like a, um, like a 2002, like, Ford focus or like some, some crap. It's like, it's a piece of shit. The dude, like, and I, yeah, I do. I know some like academics that like have a BMW or like a, a decent house or something like that. But Peter McGraw. Yeah. Peter, <laughs> Peter, Peter. I've never been to his house. I just think he has a nice house. Right. I just imagine he does. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, he, but has he, a lot he grew of different... up poor. Right. So he's like, I think he, from what I, you know, I'm better than I do, but when I spoke to him, he said he grew up poor and had like a very alcoholic father. So he was, he was very anti drinking and drugs and was just like, I'm not going to be poor. I'm going to single-handedly become a professor and not, you know, not repeat the cycle. And he's a unabashed uh, bachelor uh, who, who likes to. He's George Clooney, right? He or no, George Clooney is married now. He's like he's George Clooney in 2012 or whatever. He likes dating. And if you if you want to be dating, that you better have a nice for those of the listeners <laughs> at home that don't know what dating is. He likes that to means fuck. getting his pole wet. <laughs> so yeah, so there's like a little more incentive than but like you know, you're talking about people that are like fairly agreeable and fairly conscientious and fairly like practical, pragmatic people. So like if if they do have like a decent um, home, it's it's because they're like probably pretty damn good at budgeting and making like really cautious decisions. Yeah, you know? but it, also unfair to compare it to Alex Jones because he is the number one uh, mega church conspiracy you know, place. And he is, as an entertainer, he's just absolutely electric and yeah. not like, don't take advice from him by <laughs> any means on anything, whether it's health, government, aliens, all of it. Don't take any of that. Yeah. But, but as an entertaining, like this loud, crazy man that like lists off 10 confirmed facts before he gets into his other point, which is like, he's already said a hundred things that you need to fact check before you can move on to the next sentence and that's exhausting. So generally you just kind of go with it. You're like, okay, yes, they drink baby's blood and it takes place in this building <laughs> according to this document, which happened when the CIA switched powers and this year during Bush senior and the skull and bone. And then you're already like, you don't even know what to question. So it's just, he's creating a world that's completely different than this one. Yeah. And it's, I mean, I, I wish that people did view it like pro wrestling, but I think that people even take pro wrestling a little too seriously. I couldn't, uh, I tried to listen to him with uh, Rogan recently. And I think Rogan, since he's on Spotify now was like, 
oh, I better be careful having Alex Jones on. Like, so he would interrupt oh, Alex Jones. Before the election. Oh, I think, yeah, this was yeah. before the election. This might've been a year ago, but before Alex could finish a sentence, Joe was like, hold on, hold on, hold on. You got to clarify that. You have to go back and, and I couldn't listen to the episode because I was like, that's not why I want to hear Alex Jones. I want to hear crazy shit. I'm yeah. not listening to Joe Rogan podcast for knowledge. I'm listening to it for crazy shit. And I don't even really listen to it anymore unless it's got like, uh, I don't know, who's in, like Mark Norman or someone who's going to shake it up a bit. His clip of... Alex Jones? Get, yeah, Alex Jones of getting ready, prepping yourself to eat your neighbor. What? Um, from like June. Um, and he's like, I'm ready. And globalists... <laughs> I'm going to eat your ass first. And like, didn't even, didn't even know he was making a faux pas. So he's just angrily talking about, about eating ass. ass. <laughs> hey, you missed the boat. The eating ass was 2015, Alex. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm, I'm not, I'm not talking about being gay. I'm talking about killing <laughs> and eating another human being who has a different perspective than I do. Yeah. Acceptance of gays has been a huge thing, not just for, uh, not just for gay people, but just for non-gay people as well. Because before, like, men, I feel like we're afraid of being called gay. Like, you know, Andy Haynes's joke where I grew up at the exact wrong time because anytime you tried to do anything, like you'd get bullied and they'd call you, call you gay and this kind of thing. But now if a kid gets called gay, he'd probably just go, well, I guess it's just part of my journey. And then we continue coding. <laughs> and like, I wouldn't code. They would have called me gay. Like throwing the football this way is gay. Everything's gay. And now like to call something gay is is wrong. So I don't know. I'm all about uh, letting, you know, the men or women or anyone's feel whatever. What kind of statement was that? I was trying to craft a perfect statement in my head and it didn't work. So let me just rephrase it. Uh, death to gay people, death to black people, death to uh, non-binary people. There we go. That's a good one. This is, that's the other thing going on right now is that there's so much um, freedom of speech conversation going on. And the thing that is, used to be the left. The left used to want the freedom of speech, and now it became a a right thing. And it's funny looking at news broadcasts from the '80s, and it's these two parties just kind of trading back and forth power of who gets to control speech. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot more things that control speech than than um, just laws. Just just like you know, just in the same way that you can like. Uh, hire or not hire people that you like not necessarily based on on merit um there's like plenty of ways if you if you ask any of my um like extended family the mega people that i grew up around who are all like super loud and like very opinionated um but like still pretty like wholesome people but just like before all this they just cared about the the uh, the packers and the weather for the most part and can't wait like, to get back there. radicalized yeah and and um packers shouldn't be playing today weather's not good <laughs> fuck you yeah. packers will play rain or shine but if you ask them to describe what i was like growing up every one of them will use one word quiet They'll say I was the most quiet kid that they had ever seen 
in their life because I never talked because I had a perspective that was different and I was like alienated and everything else. And so there's lots of things within the system of complexity that like limit what is like socially acceptable and what's not. And I do feel like free speech is a term that gets thrown around like, uh, you know, like pro-life sounds like so pleasant um, where it's like, can't argue with that. Of course, yeah. I, uh, of course I like life or people will be like, they, they say when you want to like debate someone, you get on some like even ground, like, Hey, Ramin, do you like happiness? Good. Oh, I like happiness too. All right. Now we're, now we've agreed on something and therefore we're going to, we've, we've formed this bridge and now the inevitable conclusion of our debating will just be closer to understanding one another's perspective because we have this common goal of happiness. And that's not the reality of how uh, actual shit works. And so like, you know, there's already, there's laws about yelling fire in a, in a crowded theater and there might be arguments made in the future that you can't yell fake fire at a <laughs> theater. Colin Frangicetto brought up the point the other day on our Zoom call where uh, there's also not yelling fire in a theater that is on fire. Yeah. I so it's like by omission, you can also cause harm. Yeah. And then if you, and then if you, um, uh, call yell fake news at all the alarms and then tell more people to get in that theater that's on fire and then and then try to disrupt the firefighters from doing their job and then amass mobs of of angry cult members to yell at people who are trying to leave the theater like <laughs> yeah well there's some kind of dangerous territory uh there and and i will say as a comedian that like did jokes about the fcc censorship who's had facebook ads censored for like having psychedelic content or the artwork that you made for stand-up science gets censored <laughs> all of the time because it has anatomical strut because it has like exposed muscle in a cartoon not even nudity. way it's not even nudity and it gets and all that stuff happened the month Trump was elected, by the way. And and so like I've I've dealt with or just going into a room and knowing what you can say without getting a beer bottle thrown at you or having X number of people leave the room. And what's like the line of like, OK, two people are going to leave, but a lot more people will really enjoy it because I pushed that boundary. Yeah, those are all things that we're doing. Like this isn't like. A police matter. And then in terms of like cancel culture, for every one person you can say is canceled in a year, which is like, what? what is it? Is it 12 people? Like once a month, we sacrifice someone to the cancel volcano. Whereas there's so many people who make an entire career off of positioning themselves as like, I'm being censored. I'm getting canceled right now. Yeah, Fucking... canceled people just means that you get Patreon money instead of NBC money, but you <laughs> yeah. still get just as much money, if not more. I don't think anyone's income is actually uh, stopped. They just get a big Patreon boost. I mean, Rogan 
canceled Carlos Mencia, which elevated his career and then started a podcast all about attacking, which evolved into attacking cancel culture where he had provocateurs like Alex Jones a week before the election. Wink, wink. Who should you vote for? (laughs) And then SNL had Trump, too. And then, yeah. you, know, you remember that? Oh my God! Before we knew, and 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 then, like, it's a bunch of people are like, like Milo or something that like that. Which I'm, I'm fine to just ignore Milo and let him say whatever he wants on whatever platform, and I'm also fine to not say anything if someone comes after Milo because I don't give a shit about Milo. No one does. He's, he was a flash in the pan in what, 2017. And it played out exactly as I thought it would, which was no one's going to know who this guy is in two weeks. Yeah. So to have this guy like, Whoa, listen to edgy things. Like I get it. I'm a comedian that pushed boundaries and, and everything else. Like, I don't know. I don't. Does that mean I can't criticize Rogan for having? Am I trying to cancel Rogan by by saying, "Hey, maybe you should do like some of the other more uh, uh, pro-social things that benefit for humanity," and give that? I'm not trying to cancel the dude by saying that. And he seems adaptable enough, and maybe he'll maybe he'll start having like you know, not. Um, uh, Nazi cryptozoologist on his show to Wait, who's books. the Nazi cryptozoologist? I'm just that's making a... up like <laughs> <laughs> stereotypes of the next provocateur. <laughs> but it's uh oh earlier when I was saying that the the left and the right trade power with the free yeah. speech thing. It's uh it's funny that like in the 70s and 80s it was all about well this is anti-christian this you can't make fun of jesus you can't say these swear words you can't make sexual like prince was getting in trouble like for um darling nikki for the lyrics of darling nikki on on purple rain and and tipper gore is like going to court over it and they want to get these censorship labels put everywhere they they were protesting kevin smith movies oh that's right yeah yeah well that would be in the 90s yeah. Yeah, and and now like now they're claiming to have the the free speech thing where now we're all about free speech where you clearly weren't about free speech 10 years yeah. ago when it wasn't to your liking. Um Yeah, I mean, no point I point to that. I guess not really. I I my my solution would be to encourage people to like ignore these very these people that I'm bringing up but like once they once their voices are getting so big and so powerful like at some point I don't I don't know what the I don't know what the solution is it's funny because it's like anyone positioning themselves as a whistleblower now like a, a lot of these like like I was in academia and let me tell you how, <laughs> how overly PC it was because they just happened to finish writing a book. Uh, like most. And let me guess the cover is them with like, uh, they're wearing an American flag with their stuck tape <laughs> like, over their mouth yeah, yeah. Or, or American flag eyes or some, something with the Statue of Liberty being silent. Uh, your average scientist has like 400 Twitter followers. They didn't get into science for the money. They didn't get into science for the fame. And those people trying to position themselves as whistleblowers are usually just 
doing junk science. Like Andrew Wakefield, the guy that uh, that uh, started look the whole, that up. He started the um, um, Wakefield as an awake. Yeah. Yeah, everyone pick up Andrew Wakefield's new book, Destroying America, or whatever it's called. <laughs> it, he started the autism vaccine stuff. Um, he was, so, so this is an example of like actual bad science and how the scientific community uh, responded to it. So he put together a study that it later turned out was funded by some, um, some people who, uh, um, uh, some lawyers for representing children. There was association made. So there's like a long history of it. Like autism in the first place was like, uh, there, there was like this scientist that tried to get that label during world war two when Hitler was killing anyone that wasn't different. And he was trying to be like, oh, look at these grand skills. So the scientist was like trying to teach these, these people with the deficit, um, like the, these like, and, and like exploit their abnormalities to make them look like they had like, uh, you know, well, let's not euthanize a talent like this. That's, that's like where some of the. So when people are like, where did autism come from? This new thing, this is, this, it's not, it's not new. It's maybe being diagnosed more than ever, but that's, that's where like this idiot savant um, kind of stuff originated from. It was trying to save people's lives from genocide. And then, and, and so it went back further than that. It was just characterized in different way and language has an effect on culture. And then it mutated over time until there was this association made of like everything seemed fine and then my you stuck a scary needle in my in my kid's arm and now they're autistic at the exact same age that anyone becomes autistic whether they get a vaccine or not and there's like no higher rates of autism amongst people that have been vaccinated versus people that haven't been uh vaccinated but he was paid but but they were trying to sue when people are like, how come vaccine companies don't have liability is because they had to like constantly field. I'm not saying that's right, but but it was a response to con the constant onslaught of lawsuits by guys like so you would get someone like Andrew Wakefield to run a study. His study was he got he got it was a sample size of 12 bowel movements, right? That's uh, what I read on the thing. 12 autistic bowel movements. Linked and inflammatory bowel symptoms symptoms to autism. Yeah, and it was basically at a at a, he he was a gastrologist. He he was told to make this connection, and since all that he knew was gastrology, um, that's what he what he used. But he he actually collected those samples without parents' permit. He went to a birthday party with autistic kids. Ran the study without their knowledge. Did he and dress up as a toilet, <laughs> or he just hid in the under the sink cover? I, 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 and then I think he like, I think he eventually ended up. I think he made some. The original stuff was just observation, and then after that, he like asked to like take samples or whatever. 
You don't think that you'd find yourself in that situation at an autistic kid's birthday party waiting to take stool samples without their <laughs> consent. And you don't think like, maybe I should take up guitar again. Maybe, maybe this has gone too far. So this dude that knows nothing about children and knows nothing about autism writes this paper that somehow got through and published in some like, you know, small journal. If you apply to enough places, things will slip through. And then it was immediately retracted by the like the whole of the scientific community. None of the stuff replicated. It came out. He was paid by these lawyers. And the genie was out of the bottle. Uh, everyone worked. Everyone else that worked on the study apologized, like did like they suffered consequences and stuff. He stood his ground and just dug in to the autism thing. And then he went around and he got kicked out of Europe where measles started to spread after he popularized this. Then he went to Minneapolis because uh, it had the lowest, it had some of the highest rates of vaccine use. So he went to Minneapolis, got those numbers lowered. And everywhere that he goes, measles starts popping up years after, <laughs> years after he's he's been there. So he just runs around like Johnny Measles Seed. Where's he at now? Is he in trouble? Um, Texas, I think. No, he's still. He, he doesn't he, have piles of lawsuits against him. He met with Donald Trump before Donald Trump took office, and oh, he was like going to be informed. his chief of surgery or something. Yeah, informed informed many of Donald Trump's views on vaccines. And 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 so when you say like and and this is like so in dealing with so many people, what I've come to understand is that they they're like, oh, they think this is the whistleblower. They think that like the whole of academia just this is like a dirty little secret that they can't share that they're all keeping a lid on. And then this Andrew Wakefield is like a whistleblower. And that's, that's not the, that's someone that's positioning um, themselves in a way to turn a profit off of, off of selling books and stuff. And like, you know, talking about um, hidden pyramids or, you know, whatever else. Yeah. I want to believe in them, but it just never, it never adds up to anything. Like I'll listen to someone like talk about how there's free energy and the government is keeping it from us. And then you, you, you look a level deeper to it and it just doesn't bear any fruit. I mean, you wouldn't want, most people I don't think would want a job as a scientist. I don't think that I would, I think that it'd be pretty boring. Um, yeah. But a big part of what you're trying to do is prove everyone wrong. You're trying to see if, if, the, if, if there's any problems with their study. You're never going to find out exactly what's right. People, people always think that there's going to be like a magic bullet. And so then they're like, well, if masks work, why do we need to distance? If distancing works, why do we need masks? Blah, blah, blah. You know, yeah. and, and, but it's, you need, you need, there's going to be like silver BBs for everything in life where there's like, you know, little, little solutions. There's not going to be a cure-all. Um, Have you heard the, or go ahead. I don't want to get you off train of thought for that. To, but, but science is mostly trying to just figure out what's wrong with itself. So it's Have mostly you, just going, here's what we know isn't true. Here's what we've been able to falsify so far. And within that, that homes in on a better models of categorizing objective uh reality i think it was i think it's a neil degrasse tyson saying where he says like science is the only uh field where you get points for proving you're wrong 
And it yeah. might not have been him. It might have been Feynman or something. But uh, it, it did make me think of Neil deGrasse Tyson's Masterclass promo trailer on YouTube, which he, he starts it off with a sentence that just goes right over my head. And I have to think about it for a minute before it makes sense. But he goes, uh, today, I'm going to teach you where you, you know enough about a topic to think you're right, but not enough about a topic to know you're wrong. And then yeah, I'm like, yeah. wait, know enough about a topic to think I'm right, but not enough to know I'm wrong. What? <laughs> yeah. And yeah, it's it's some twist like that. There's well, there's this illusion of explanatory depth where where when we don't know much about something on the surface, if you're like how how does a car work? And like, oh, no, I'm uh, let me just give myself an A before taking this test because I'm going to crush it. You press the pedal down, mm -hmm. you steer the wheel around. <laughs> and then they're like, yeah, but why does going the pedal going down? And then people are like, I guess there's combustion in an engine. Yeah, but how do you? And so you you find out in a hurry. This is this is why where Dunning Kruger comes in, where you have this U-shaped distribution, where the less people know about it, the more confident they are in there. Mm -hmm. And so you're like, "How's the car?" We're like, "Yeah, I know cars." And then you start reading like a mechanics manual, and then and then immediately, as soon as you start learning about a subject, there's this huge dip. This is where like imposter syndrome and stuff is coming in. And like, oh my God, I don't know anything. And then it takes until you've like been a mechanic for like 20 years and have seen everything to like, finally you have the confidence. Back, back at the beginning. Back at the beginning. I finally have the confidence I had when I was one week in. Except now you're confident and you're correct. That's kind of like, I, I remember that with stand-up where, you know, your your first set of stand-up maybe sucks, but then your third one, you're like, oh, I figured this out. I've got a good three minutes. Now I just got to multiply that by 20. I've got my first hour. I'll be taping a special by next month. And then in six months, you have less than three minutes because you realized your first three minutes was weak. How have you have you done any virtual stand up in any of no. this? I've, I've only done I've played Zoom games with you and with my brother. And I've done a couple of other podcasts and I've done a summit for like uh, woo woo stuff, not like actual woo woo, but like breathful mindness of evolution summit of the joint of the minds. And then there's like, <laughs> there's like some uh, lady wearing a bunch of crystals who, who begins every sentence with, well, an elder once told me that we must look within. We spend so much time looking <laughs> outward, but the real secrets are when we look within. And then like, I swear she said my elders like seven, seven times. And there's like a, a, Trobium Chumpa Rinpoche monk guy in the monk clothes who is like, the monkey minds chatter, but the monkey mind wants a job. So you give monkey mind a job and then you be free. You don't want job. Monkey mind want job. That's why it makes you stress. But if you give job to monkey mind, you be free. So let's try it. Dude. You say give child support to the wife? No, that's monkey mind. Do not give child support to the wife. You keep money for self, you buy beer, you free. 
you be pretty. You <laughs> and then there's me there like, uh, yeah, so I started stand up in 2014 <laughs> and then I, um, I moved to LA when, uh, around the same, uh, actually I started stand up in 2007, I went to 2014. Any questions? You are so funny. How, how, uh, why don't you do like your impressions or something on TikTok or something like that? Like the, I keep telling myself to, is... I'll give you the answer because I have no energy because yeah. I spend all day in bed. And the only energy I have is um, if I'm in a Zoom context like this, like where I and we rescheduled this like eight times and I've rescheduled other people 18 times, too, because I'll have brain fog or depression or sleepiness. And I'll be like, we'll put it put it off so now i have energy yeah, but yeah, normally yeah. the only energy i have is to make an image and then i post the image and then it gets the likes or whatever and then i'm like <laughs> done for the day but i'm like looking at youtube and tiktok all day being like how do these people have this energy to do this dance let alone to talk to the camera and then put it out there i just i don't have it i need to take some kind of ssri or, or something man because the next time i i share your work with with someone which is as many people as i can get it in front of and then have them be like wow this is really cool and clever and funny i'd be like did you know that is from the laziest saddest piece of shit <laughs> like daily yeah <laughs> daily I, the the laziest saddest boy around is just cranking out masterpieces because i can do it from bed because i lie down in bed and and create it from there everything else requires me to sit up straight and i just can't well i think jordan peterson would have a thing or two to say about uh, about well bad. your shoulders are forward and you need to have them <laughs> back like a lobster Man, oh I'm God. I'm worried. I'm I'm worried oh that his God. daughter won't have me on his podcast now because I, I really I, I know you did her podcast and I want to yeah. be on I want to be on the Kayla Peterson show, but I'm afraid I have, like I have we're no linked interest. together. What? I I have no interest in um in like commenting on any of the like SJW stuff of Peterson's simply because and when people are when and when sometimes people are like well, you were silent when this and that happened. Sometimes the reason is because I find it to be a complicated issue that I don't have a firm opinion on and I'm a little nervous about taking a stance one way or another. That's why I'm silent <laughs> on that particular issue. Um, but, but I get, he, he probably gets death threats from the left a lot, or, but I'm sure that AOC gets more death threats from the right, which is why I like tend to forgive people that are extremists sometimes because i'm like i get it their inbox is probably a nightmare and they're subjected to hate a lot which speaking of which did you see that aoc someone made a fake tweet saying that like we have to gather up these trump sycophants and we need to make auschwitz look like a picnic and it was a fake thing she didn't say it but it was being circulated as though she said it yeah and I don't know, I thought that would be so funny if she actually said, like, let's make Auschwitz look like a picnic. <laughs> God, the kind of projecting. It's it's pretty amazing. And it it's so I'll I'll say this. There's there's plenty of people like the guest that I 
had on three times uh, Nina Pfefferman, who's my favorite resource um, in terms of uh, COVID, which if you want, if you want someone on that can like answer any question about COVID in a reasonable way and, and everything else. How did Hillary Clinton and Dr. Fauci concoct such a deadly <laughs> weapon that was only targeted against the right? And how come we're not seeing many cases of it on the left? Well, she's because she's an epidemiologist, her, her, so rather than like, an infectious disease special like understanding exactly like how covid bonds with the ace 2 receptor that's not what she does these aren't all like one job what she does is she figures out like okay if you are going to lock things down what are what are ways we can take all the information that we have about like okay surface transmission isn't that big a deal it's the indoor stuff can you get restaurants that are struggling which are also part of the the um uh people people don't know how much of how many farms are supply restaurants only so there's a bunch of farms that also take a hit as the restaurants are so mm. can you hadn't even thought of that can you have people that are trained in food preparation? Can you have them packaging, you know, grocery? So like these people are, these restaurants are used to getting like a huge sack of flour. Can, you know, when you go and order your Thai food or whatever, can you get like toilet paper and flour and like a couple other things from, and they're kind of like a small grocery store and it's a way of getting like fresher ingredients toilet paper wasn't the right example there at the time but, it would have been useful yeah but uh and restaurants were actually selling toilet paper at the time because it was uh valuable but but can you can you figure out like how to given this and you're gonna how how can we keep these like businesses thriving through covid and the same and she was she was tasked with with doing this you know, advi uh, helping to advise people with the prison population because prisons are uh, horrible for disease vectors. And not only for the people in prison, but there's all sorts of people that come in and out of the guards and everything else that come out in and out of prisons all the time. So prisons are this Petri dish. And now you have like guards going out and then like going in eating at a deli and like there's COVID spreads more that way. So one of the solutions is, is that if you're uh, one of the many, which is like, hey, change the intervals of the lunchtime to split it up a little bit more. And if you can find more cell rooms so that two people aren't you know, together or when they're all together or you don't do the prison yard thing, they don't get to prison yard, they have to stay in their cell. You're thinking of solutions like that. And one of the solutions is when someone's up for probation, just lean more towards giving it to them than you would otherwise, you know? Just, uh. just, to, just to start clearing people out because this is an emergency situation, and you can put an ankle bracelet on them or you know whatever. Uh, but, but this is this is an extreme situation. So we're going to do for like these nonviolent drug offenders that are up for probation. We would like you to bias your judgment toward letting them out to control the spread of this disease. And she got so many, and no one even knows, people would get like a whisper of this work and she got death threats. She's like, she doesn't even have like a Twitter or a Facebook or anything. And this woman gets You're gonna death threats. You're going to let the violent druggies come affect our youth? 
Yeah, exactly. And it's and it's private prisons too, so they have a, you know, vested interest in keeping them full and using the slave labor. Yeah. So, but Which, the death yeah, the death threats from people that but those are the bad people and they're going to come to the playground and kidnap my kid, which may be one out of 100,000 well, but your kid sucks. So you're going to have like a little bit of like schadenfreude from me when like now the people that were What's pro- schadenfreude? Like feeling, I didn't take German. Feeling feeling good uh, 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 at the like um, demise of others, <laughs> like um, uh, you, you know, like feeling happy when like someone like something bad happens to someone else. It's like a guilty pleasure. Oh, and, are you saying as a result of uh, the Trump people losing? Uh, as a result of people now having to go to prison, these people that thought, you know, prison is for like bad people and, oh, and, yeah, yeah, people yeah. and stuff. And now the same people that have voted for for profit prison are going to be screaming defund prisons. Do you know what I want to um, ask the the person you brought up? What is it? Nina? Nina um, Pfefferman. Pfefferman. There we go. I knew it was like pepper sauce or something, but I was like, <laughs> what is it? Fe- oh yeah, Pfefferman's. Pfefferman's salad dressing, something like that. Uh, I want to, before I say this, I got to preface, um, I believe we should abolish the police entirely. Silence is violence. Yes, queen. Uh, okay, there. I got that out of the way. But I'm very curious to know. Dude, you did, are. You make me laugh harder than anyone all of the time. I'm always, for the listeners, I'm always trying to text and call Ramin just because anytime I can get him on the phone for 30 minutes, he cheers me up every time. I was going to bring this up to you like off the episode, but let's put it on the episode. But uh, I was toying with the idea of you and I like years ago thought of doing a, a duo show, like a regular series oh, on something. I would f- fucking yeah. love that. And man. if we schedule that, then I feel like then we'll, we'll regularly oh, get together. That is, I don't even need to think about that deal. Oh, cool. You, you want to do anything like that? Because your yeah, show man. is a science show. And then if you need to get your non-science out like just the pure comedy side which we can integrate science but it's not like purely science it can be about the news or about like uh about animals or something well there's this really hard problem that i have which is like i learn these things for the first time and i'm like god damn that's so interesting and so fucking funny and like peculiar and then i like interview a scientist about it and i'm trying to like I'm boning up on everything that I can to like have the most informed discussion that I can, but then people aren't hearing my response of like getting this information the first time, like what the fuck, you you know? Mm. And I've always wanted that of like having someone that's like, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of like, um, like it, it, you know, showing someone like, like, uh, your mom's house showing someone like hilarious YouTube videos. I love or, your mom's or, house, by the way. Whatever. I just got into it this year. I, I haven't listened. I just know like they show a lot of videos. So, like It's mostly yeah, just you know. an old man coming. That's like 75% of the show. It's just like a loop of a guy going, and or like Tom Segura tried to dump re- dunk recently and he broke his arm and his leg. So they like moved that over and over I again. I saw that. I it's, wrote It's a, a perfect message. name, your mom's house. Oh, really quick before I forget, because I do this too much and I forget 
the train of thought. But Me earlier too. I said uh, abolish the que- abolish the police. Yes, queen. Uh, silence is violence. Yes, queen. Good. I got that out of the way. But I'm serious. <laughs> I want to know if the the a protest, the George Floyd and Breonna Taylor or a protest during the summer. I'm genuinely curious if that contributed to a rise in COVID because there was articles saying like, no, it actually made things better. But I know that that's got a bit of bias in it. Oh, and I yeah. wanted to know if it really did contribute or not. Oh, Which, that's a, sure, that's if a it did, great, that's great question. Because it's the priority. Just making sure you, everyone you should, knows that. You should talk to Nina about the, you know, like, uh, uh, that that would be, that would be a great thing to talk about. That's like exactly her thing. So here's, so, Honest to goodness, it did show that masks were more effective than even scientists were ambitious enough to think. But there's no there's no way that like you're still supposed to like a a mask cuts cuts the droplets from going from going six or seven feet, which also six feet isn't a perfect rule either. You aren't just invincible from six feet away. Um, and like being in the same space for long enough, it can linger. And so I think, do I think going out in any group is a fucking terrible idea? I absolutely do. And it's super hard. Now you've made it a, a race issue and been like, well, oh, I, I'm like very much, you know, race. I, I'm a huge believer in systemic racism. I'm a huge believer in, in, um, in police, uh, 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 you know, needing better training for, for better use of force. And, and there being a lot of people uh, abusing that I'm a huge, I think every, every cop should have a, have a camera on. I also think it helps cops do their jobs. And then when people, especially if it's on, yeah, especially when it's on. And then when people do, because there there's there's problematic people during a pickup. And and also studies show that when people know that they're on camera, they just behave um, better, better, too. And so it also limits cops liability from a he said, she said. Um, Did you watch any of them? Any of the, the footage? I, I couldn't. I haven't yet. I'm told yeah, I, I don't like I'm in a different place now. There's like some months where I'm where I can watch violence and there's others I can't. But the the specifically the George Floyd one, the extended cut, which shows the whole thing, not just the theatrical version, the director's edition, George Floyd murder was uh, it make you even more sympathetic to George Floyd because I don't know, like his personality comes through more before, like where he's like, he he literally says, please, Mr. Policeman, please don't like, don't arrest me. Like he calls him Mr. Policeman. I'm like, how do you, how do you arrest a guy that's calling you Mr. Policeman? Yeah. Let the guy go. And uh, like, I thought police officers were supposed to refer to you as sir, not as fucker. And he refers to him as get out of the car, fucker. Like the first the first instance of seeing him. So like that tape was clearly like, okay, this is, this guy's in the clearly in the wrong, no matter which uh, cut you're looking at. But there was some other of those uh, police brutality tapes where there was more of a gray area where it's presented as he was just walking home from his family, but he did have a knife. He did attack the cop. So those ones, it's like, yeah, I see why the cop acted that way. But the specifically the George Floyd one, it was like, Oh damn, this guy is, 
clearly a problem. I mean, it would have it would have been a great opportunity to you know arrest those. And if if they thought it was like jumping to judgment, well, there's like a lot of people in jail um, for murder or whatever else that like may or may not have even done it. Like, why are we why are we like reserving judgment on someone that like there's video footage and everyone can confirm this is what happened. Let's put them in. Let's press charges now and then like see what happens. But yeah, I mean, I think that uh, one, I, I think one thing that fueled the fire was that that the you had the people going with guns and fucking rocket launchers to town halls in April, uh, <laughs> just able to yell. And then, and so now you're a black person watching. This is what white people get to do. Just go up and scream at a cop wearing a fucking rocket launcher and no one does anything. You're the president who, who wouldn't have been elected if it weren't for an Obama birther dog whistle hey, you guys didn't like that there's a black president, did you? And and then have that guy encourage those people to do it more. And then when you try to uh, uh, to protest, you, uh, you get fired on. And like, I mean, what happened during the, uh, what what was that? Who was that guy's name? The, the LA riots where the guy got pulled out of the- Rodney uh, King, you mean the 90s? Yeah, yeah, Rod- Rodney King. Like, was was it a disproportionate response? Uh, yeah, probably to burn him down. Everything it probably was a disproportionate response. And we have to just like we got to know that mandating condoms in a place might mean that less people wear condoms. We also have to know that like, hey, there's these like, there's these. Um, uh, body cameras that are going to be bringing like lots of this stuff to light. And we need to prepare ourselves for how we're going to like deal with the outrage because there's going to be outrage. Cause if you think like that was bad, imagine what's happening when, when they're not like in public in front of everybody. And yeah. Wear a rubber. If you're going to murder Rodney King or George Floyd. Stick and, one so, on. and so that's, you know, it's like, this happens and there's, I mean, people riot for a lot of reasons. There's, there's these, uh, there's these Nika riots. I looked up the first ever sport riot. I was Nika. Yeah. What's that mean? N I K A. I think that was the leader, um, Uh, at the time. Maybe don't quote me on that. It's funny whenever you Google something and you don't give it full context, there's always some small tech company that has that name, Nika Business Solutions. <laughs> and then it's just some shitty website from pre-Squarespace days that's just barely hanging on for dear life. So here's this. This is like an unfair description, but a hilarious one. And Let's do it. I always take the hilarious over fair. So this was AD. So this isn't exactly what happened the way it's characterized in this very brief summary, but this is AD 532. Um, in what is known to be one of the first forms of sports riding, supporters of the chariot racing team Greens revolted against the Bestine Emperor's leader and supporter of the Green Rivals Blues, Just Justinian. And 
so basically one team liked the reds, one team liked the blues and, and there was the first ever sports riot. And, and then it goes on to say, catch this last sentence, at least half of the year, uh, the empire's capital of, of um, Constantinople, um, now Istanbul, was burned by the rioters and 30,000 people were killed. 30,000. Isn't that funny that on the description, it's like a sports card where it's like the Nika riots, deaths, 30,000, methods, property damage, murder, goals, overthrow Justinian. So <laughs> yeah. is that going to be written about riots that we still haven't seen yet today where it's got the the stats on it, number of deaths, methods they use to achieve such deaths, yeah. and uh, why they're rioting to begin with? Yeah, so I mean, that's that's I I think that we need to be aware that more protesting is probably going to happen if more of this stuff ha- and and how to manage it better because I don't I I mean, I do think I don't I don't want people burning furniture factories and or or uh, just furni- a little, maybe not every day because we need somewhere to sit. Yeah, but uh, but at the same time it's like well there, there's all, there's, we're all jostling over what is a priority. And if you look at the data, like, you know, I, I bet, I bet a bunch of people that got together for Christmas and Thanksgiving because they didn't think COVID was that much of a danger. If they would have thought that them doing so would maybe lead to an angry mob burning down one furniture someplace in the country, I bet people would have stayed at home <laughs> for, for that cause. The butterfly you know? effect. <laughs> but, and so it's, it's like these, I don't know. It, it's, I, I don't know what to say about all that. I do know that it's very different than a coup. And it does feel like what about isms a little bit comparing the, like um, what happened with, with, uh, protest riots, whatever you want to call them with black lives matter this summer. I, I don't think that, um, you know, I didn't, I didn't post much of anything like in support. I eventually by, by the time, like, um, Biden, when Biden got elected and like people were like dancing in the street, I was like, I tweeted out like, what the fuck are you guys doing? <laughs> Cause I also think that there was plenty of Democrats that were in fact using a mask just as like, you know, a, a symbol and like a, a as like For a the photo a, only. Yeah. As, as a Biden like support flag. And then as soon as Biden got elected, we're like, okay, we don't need to wear that. Game's yeah, over, he's right? got a plan. He's got a plan. And, it's over. And you, you don't need to convince me that there's, there's people on the, on the left and the right. The reason, the reason why I, I rail against conspiracy theorists so much on my Twitter is as, as you're right, I don't have any mega left and I am preaching to the choir, but when I'm attacking conspiracy theorists, I am intentionally uh, poking holes in the logic of people who follow me. You know, I'm, I'm responding to what they're coming back to. I'm responding to, because I was a, a, you know, you have a documentary about psychedelics and I would be shocked if it, if it, you know, the, the Q shaman guy, um, mm-hmm. 
I wouldn't be surprised if he follows me. If he has an Instagram, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised at all if that dude follow, follows me. I, I don't know if this is true with all of them, certainly with a lot of them, but um, when they did face recognition, and who knows if this data is accurate, but a lot of them aren't even Trump voters. They're just mentally ill people. Like they didn't vote for anyone in 2016. Well, I think that was the healthy fit people were like the conspiracy, like red pill guys that made it through first. You know, the people in Walmart had just like pulled up lawn chairs to like watch the yeah watch the siege or whatever. <laughs> you know, and and I also think that one thing that we could all bond over isn't going to be happiness, isn't going to be let's all treat one another respectfully. I think that there are ways of figuring out what's objective reality and then figuring out like exploring cognitive biases and seeing what happens in all political parties because we are all using confirmation bias to validate our own bullshit. We all have motivated reasoning. You don't need to look up what comic is is like whichever comic is touring the most are also the ones trying to dismiss COVID. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You know, and so we all have motivated uh, reasoning. Um, none of our perspectives are, are going to be perfect. And I think the problem is in top down thinking. If you look at like, how could that Q shaman be on the same side as the mega people? It's like, well, it's both top down. Like the one dude thinks he's like fighting against the lizard people and the lizard people are like this, this source, there's a mad scientists and the Illuminati plotting a, a, against us all. And the mega people just think they're like fighting for, uh, for Jesus. And you could, and plenty of people have made the case that, that, the that, that, the SGW and like the, the political culture is like a form of new religion where people are saying, oh, everything's culture, 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 culture. It's this top down. No one has any accountability. It's this it's this culture that's bad. And you could say that that's top down um, thinking as well. I would love to see people exploring the emergent like the the blind unintentional processes that happen that give rise to these emergent properties in thinking about things um in that way more. is it is it just like we're we're so new to to internet and the internet in it in its you know actual form i know the internet was made in the 60s but as far as it's actually existed it's been like just two decades a little bit more than two decades is it that just stuff spreads so fast now that even if we did have that approach we're already too late if if a screenshot of a of a fake news article can convince people more than an actual news article they just yeah and there's these incredible technologies that are like mismatched with our hunter-gatherer minds in all of these ways. Like, and we're up against some of the smartest people in the world are working full-time on keeping us addicted to these things. Yeah, yeah. And then and then a lot of times there's like just mistaken processes too. Like there's, you know, you know there's, you, you could say, uh, take take these windmills that, um, that, that, 
kill birds sometimes, right? Yeah, we got to tear them all down. So you could, if you're someone who makes, like, I promise you no one constructed and engineered those windmills going, boy, I hope I can kill some birds with this thing. (laughs) This is actually a bird killer that I'm going to market as this clean energy source. It was probably an unforeseen, um, you know, negative um, byproduct uh, of this. And then it wouldn't surprise me if there was motivated reasoning to play down how maybe these things really are an issue with bird migration. And there are people in the windmill industry playing down the amount of birds that they're, that they're killing. It wouldn't surprise me at all if that's the case. Um, And, and, you know, that is like pretty understandable, but to have like um, some, some like Donald Trump, who's who's stripped decades of environmental protections in his short time, uh, to have him be like, these things are killing birds. We should get rid of this. Like, <laughs> yeah, you don't care about birds, dude. Come on, give no. me a fucking break. Like, how obvious can like like that's plotting. That that is having a fucking agenda and just outright lying uh, to people to to forward your agenda. But a lot of these things happen by accident. Can I share? Gosh, I feel like I've been talking way too much. Can what I share a about? thought you're experiment? The guest. Yeah, of course. And you're the guest on my show, so that's that's good. People have already heard about whatever I'm about. Well, I'm just like right. I think so. I guess message me if you don't know what I'm about. Uh, well, I get in or my about head. about freedom and Jesus. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to monopolize the conversation. Um, but uh, so anyway, I'll just, I'll just insert me telling stories in between. If, <laughs> if you if you talk more, I'll just go in and edit like me saying an interesting anecdote. The, the, this is this is just me getting in my head because that's my mo. Uh, you're you're going to have plenty of opportunity for riffing on this. This is a thought experiment. So imagine. Here, here's how I view this instead, and 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 don't put a lot of stock in in what the human is in this metaphor. But imagine, so this is a metaphor for like the kind of mismatch that the you know this the same DNA that made our ancestors and prepared them for hunting, uh, hunting and gathering over the course of two hundred thousand years, is now like an astronaut or a farmer or a podcaster, like the same mostly DNA. Mostly a podcaster, mostly <laughs> mostly a commenter, actually. Mostly someone that comments on content. Let's not even, let's not start with astronaut. Let's start with someone who doesn't make shit. And then the small 1% of people that actually make shit. And then the 1% of that 1% might qualify to be an astronaut. What's that one... That dude Rex, um, whatever that like Rex Friedman, that tweets stuff or whatever retweets things. That's, I don't know. That's a weird. He's like an old sports player, and he's like rebranded himself as like like. Wow, this guy digs up the funny videos for oh, a content curator. Those <laughs> are the best. Curator. Fuck people that make content. We need more content curators. <laughs> yeah. Like all content curator, people that steal my shit always have more followers than me. 
Oh yeah. Like the Always. accounts that put their own name over me and then just post a, and uh you know a big variety of stuff they stole they always have like a million followers and a store and oh and then they'll be like hey hit me up if you know who owns this like yeah and they've already posted six things past it i wish that i mean this is why i need to work more on music as opposed to visual stuff because if you play like a bar of a song that's copyrighted, YouTube just already takes your video down, demonetizes it. If someone steals an image, good luck trying to get that taken away. Well, they might change that. See, that would be, that would be something to, I, I think that they would be able to do that in the future. But you have to fill out a form. Like every time there's a copyright yeah, yeah, infringement, yeah. you have to put your address, your social security number. But then there and, will be a service that will, that will, it will uh, there, someone will provide a service that will be like, Hey, every time you put this instant copywriter and it's just like the same as posting on instagram yeah. that you would normally i want blood. just built into the button i want yeah. so much blood i'm i'm very much like it. uh i'm like prince who would go into record stores and just grab all the bootlegs that he found and he would just walk out of oh, the record yeah. store with bootlegs and he said he had a a team of fierce black female lawyers who were just on your ass if you did anything even near uh, stealing him. Okay, I'm not that far into that. I, I don't mind if people share uh, it and credit me, but when they cross out my name and then put their name on it, that pisses me off. Oh, yeah. Um, all right, so here's the thought experiment. And this is this is just about um, like our, our mismatch, our, uh, what our brain was built for in, in this mismatch in this. So imagine you were a hummingbird and um, you evolved over whatever hundreds of thousands, maybe millions of years. I, I bet hummingbirds go back millions of years. And hold on, I got to drink my weight in sugar really quick, otherwise I'm gonna die. And, and now, now someone goes. So you you've adapted to go around um, getting getting this uh, you know sweet nourishment, and in doing so, uh, so the flowers evolved this to do that to lure you in and you help pollinate and there's this whole complicated symbiotic system flowers are the original thirst trap (laughs) yeah and you don't know this you just know the point of life is to go and eat as much stuff out of these flowers as you can and zip around and you're this busybody and one day you find this amazing source it's actually a bird feeder that some human had put up but you don't know anything about humans or whatever else you just found this amazing source of like this limitless supply and so now you don't need to go bouncing around to all of the different flowers anymore you can just go to this source and it's reliable and then what do you know your health starts deteriorating. You're not getting the same variety in your diet that you normally did in the past and then there's less flowers and less stuff being pollinated in the environment. And it starts, there starts to be like desertification and stuff. And you don't know why it just like, seems like the world's changing and going to hell. And like, if you start becoming mindful of this, uh, of making this connection, the, the, the conclusion you might rightfully make is like, whatever this thing is that comes out and puts this food source, 
this is this thing is trying to poison uh th- this like supernatural being is trying to fill us full of junk in our world and they're making the world collapse around us that dude's just some dope with a bird feeder <laughs> that just wanted to look at birds he didn't know any better and and then and then if that dude moves or forgets and now your source went away you might think it was like that person was some god or something like that or maybe you want to attack that person and you see them inside bam you just flew into a window because you hadn't evolved if you would have evolved in places that had a, a solid substance that was as transparent as a window you would have evolved good eyesight to be navigating around those things but because you hadn't you just slammed into that and you're like what the hell is this force field that this god (laughs) has and like you know this is like what do you do do you worship this thing do you make it your enemy and like attack this this thing and it's because uh, you know, consciousness creates these stories to uh, to to dramatize what we think is going on when we often just don't have access to all of the information. There's just so much information that's so far outside. So what sometimes looks like a conspiracy is just like a lack of knowledge or or uh, just like the ins and the outs of like knowing the practical matters of what's going on. Like I don't fault someone for thinking that there's mad scientists in a lab. If they haven't gotten to go and actually go to 300 different academics offices, it's Mm -hmm. like, Oh, this is just someone that works in an office. This is like as blue collar of a job as you could imagine. They just know some fancier words that sometimes make people insecure. Yeah. Uh, And, and, uh, so I, I think that there's there's just like these emergent properties and now we're trying to like figure out, you know, this world that we weren't built for. And now you're kind of hooked on this syrupy water thing, even though you you now know that if you don't get it from the flowers, you're going to have worse health and and uh, and and the flowers and stuff are going to die around you but you're still kind of hooked on this thing. Like no one tried, no one plotted to do it. That guy that put out that bird feeder had the bird's best interests at heart. And so a lot of times, what scares me is not smart people plotting against us. What scares me is smart people who have an epic blind spot Mm. and they're rationalizing around it because this is why you can you can watch court tv and you can see two very intelligent people say the opposite thing depending on whether they're the prosecutor or on the defense and they might even both be wrong but they're never both right you know at yeah. the end of the day one one is correct um at least in the judge's eyes in, in the judge's eyes and of like objective reality did that person actually shoot someone or not like e- even like the defense might win, but the prosecutor was still right in saying that they shot someone or something. Yeah. Like, you know, and if but, we're using the hummingbird feeder as a as a metaphor for social media right now, it's particularly tough because now pretty much the only food we really get is from the the feeder. 
which one could say that one-on-one Zoom calls are a healthy alternative to to just social media, like little quibby interactions. That's quick bites for people outside of uh, show business. I know what we should do. Quibby? We should start a platform, a streaming platform called Quibby or CISO. Let's test run uh, some collaborative show idea on Clubhouse. What's Clubhouse? Have you been to Clubhouse? Is that like Parlor? Um, club. It is. It is only like Parlor in that it's a new social media platform, um, but it's a it's a different um, format uh, all all together. So what it is is you, you. So you and I would go on, and there would be say we have a thousand people like listening. So so people are going in, and there's a bunch of different rooms w- with within this. So people are going to the um, are we in a simulation room with, with Shane Moss and, and Ramin Nazer? And there's also like a history of jazz or whatever, like that, that someone else is doing. And no, no, that's us. I'm sorry. They can have the simulation one. Um, so we're doing this history of jazz, uh, thing. Bird, <laughs> which Dizzy, is, which Miles, is, Mingus. <laughs> Hopefully you're bringing the facts because I'm just bringing some some mouth trumpet. I've gone through a huge jazz phase this year. <laughs> I, I, I'm I doing mouth jazz while you give a talk. You're Bobby uh, McFerrin. I'm, uh, I'm Richard Buona on the bass. I love Ri- Richard Bono. He plays as fast as Jaco Pastorius, but he throws in like African language with clicks and pops in it, like which correspond to what he's doing on the bass. He's like one of those people that he's not even a human playing music. He's just blended in with music. I, I want to check that out. Richard Bono. I think he played with uh, he played with Joe Zavinol, uh later on, and I think he just does his own thing now. And he played with Bobby McFerrin. But that let me I digress completely. So this I, you is were the trying show. to describe Clubhouse, yeah. So it's us right now, what we're doing, you know, and and but the difference between this and say one, it's audio only. So 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 someone is there are people just walking around listening to us have this conversation live in real time. But also so there's the stage, and we're on this virtual stage. But also anyone in the audience can like ask to be like on the stage and you invite other people on the stage. So it's basically like a live podcasting platform where you also are inviting like people from the audience to say they're like, hey, who has a question? And then they and and kind of like you can invite people on an Instagram live or whatever. It says it's in private beta right now. So you're part of the beta. Uh, yeah, but I haven't, I haven't used it much, but I have a, I have a cool Peter McGraw, um, in Dr. Peter McGraw, Dr. Peter McGraw got me an invite, um, which is like, I guess there, you, uh, there's a limited number and they're worthwhile and people are selling them and stuff to be in on the ground floor, but it's curated. Um, it's, it's super, so it's very like intellectual conversations um but also about like dating and stuff like that but the clientele is it's been it's been marketed to um uh to like more sophisticated and especially especially they've tried to 
in, um, market to like, uh, um, like educated, like diversity. So there's, there's like a huge, like, um, there, there's a huge, uh, um, like intellectual, like African-American, um, black PhDs on there. Yeah. And, uh, and it would be, I've been meaning to try it anyway. Um, and I, well, are you saying exclusively like that we'd only do it on there or we, we tape it there and then we put it out somewhere else? Yeah, I think, yeah, I think I'm very, I'm skeptical about new platforms because it's just such a, uh, you know, it's so tough to get people over to it. It's like, well, just download the app, Uh, enter in your information, wait for the email approval. And then you have another app to listen Uh, to us uh, on it. I know Peter McGraw's like, well, I, it's just in beta testing and I have 5,000 followers already. That's more than I got in like 12 years of being on Twitter and more than I have on Instagram and all the See, years that cool. I've been there and like it's the way to get on the ground floor of something I didn't like the functionality of it that much um but I think that uh I think that there is there's something to it but re- regardless there's anyway I, I would like to collaborate with something uh, on something what do you think we should call it Maybe we don't have any idea right now. The you know, Joe I Rogan, loved the Joe Rogan podcast because his show is called Joe Rogan Experience. We can call ourselves the Joe Rogan podcast. <laughs> and then we never mention why it's called that. We just <laughs> talk about whatever and it's us. Well, because I was trying to do and I might still um, this Shane versus meaning, which was at first I. It just never was, it never was what I ended up wanting it to. And then I could be like the name that's not part of the show. I'm like Andy Richter. It's Shane versus meaning with also Ramin. Well, I like. Oh, Shane uh, versus Ramining. (laughs) Or I don't know, something like that. That's fun. Um, (laughs) But um, But I, you know, I saw your, I saw your, uh, uh, one of your recent masterpieces was the gray guy on the bike. That's like, I don't have any motivation and I'm still going. Oh, the guy that says, look, ma, no motivation. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And that's like that, that in cap, uh, that encapsulates my attitude. Like, oh, what if we called it look, ma, well. no motivation. That could be a working title. Ooh. Ooh, like I'm down to give it that. a goofy title because we should have, if it's you and me, we should have fun with it because I love that idea, dude, because I, I've been, I've been calling myself like a demotivational speaker and stuff <laughs> for, for years. And, and that's my whole thing. It's like, you know, you can still accomplish a lot without ever believing in yourself. Yeah. <laughs> like that's my whole that's my whole aim and it's not like we're gonna stick to these roles but like you could fill the role of the non-motivational and i could try to be the motivational guy or something like not that i won't be honest but if if we're playing with dichotomies here i mean and like what you know the uh, er, any anything's going to evolve from the original idea anyway so even if we start with that in mind and see where it goes like yeah we're going to just be about man. making pancakes by episode 4 and it's going to be like a specifically pancake only show 
I love this idea because you also, I mean, it's the unfortunate, the most unfortunate thing about the here we are podcast. Racial bias. That, yeah, that. Um, and then also people, people like the way that I take like these studies and like spin like a further out narrative and like put a few too many pieces together and like, uh, and, and spin a narrative around it where like academics are very cautious to not do. They're like, well, I don't know about all that. I'm just saying that salt has been shown to do this to your blood. Like, <laughs> it's like, I'm not going to extrapolate further than that. And, and then I'm like, and it makes me a little cautious and I don't necessarily want to be like inappropriate, you know, like if a, if a scientist wants to swear on my show because they think it's fun that they get to swear on something awesome, but I don't ever want to swear and put someone in like, like, Oh my gosh, I was going to have my kid listen to this. Yeah. So tell us more about, tell us more about mosquito mating. You fat cunt. You, you probably haven't had a fat cunt or a mosquito mating person, but just Not like you just throw it in there. It out. So you little bitch, tell me more about the these uh, the frog blood studies or whatever the fuck you do with your time. Don't worry, it's part of the character, you bitch. Did you hear? Speaking of jazz and Miles Davis, did you hear the? There's this cartoon. It's one of my favorite cartoons. It's Mike Judge, uh, Tales from the Tour Bus. I and, did. I watched that whole thing. And oh, it was hell fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Do you remember the part where they're like talking <laughs> about Miles Davis and it's like Miles loved saying the word bitch. He called everyone a bitch and then it cuts to a restaurant. It's a fancy <laughs> restaurant and he's just like looking at the waiter. He's like, hey, hey, bitch, get over here. And then his his friend's like, Miles, you can't just say that to people. And he goes, shut up, bitch. I'll say bitch whoever I want. Bitch. <laughs> and he just always had that angry look on his face like there's no one in the world that looks like miles davis he just is such a cartoonish looking angry intense and he's got that raspy voice here here this would be a great topic for an episode what is something that you notice in yourself that like you're pretty committed to still doing it but you know you like use the bitch hammer like a little too much but like you're my, in there, i say like a lot cool. i say um a lot but those aren't as cool as bitch yeah i and just I, mean like I, as character traits like um that that's like uh you know i can identify when i'm like oh sometimes i'm like short fused and like uh, impatient with people and it comes off as like condescending or something like that but at the same time I'm not working super hard to correct it. <laughs> I mean, part of the problem with Twitter too is like people don't get to hear your delivery. Exactly. Yeah. It's just like, the pithiest little sentence. If if you could just read my tweets with like what what looks on Twitter as being like, gah, I'm yelling at you is actually just like a, a very like under is you're meant to read it with understated, like shitty, like 
a little I'm going to poke at you. Yeah. Hold that shit. thought for one second. Yosh wants out. Yeah. And we're back on the all jazz clubhouse. <laughs> I was playing some nose flute while while they were uh... nose flute. Cool. I'm trying to learn this Zelda ocarina I have, and I can't tell if it's that I suck at ocarina or if that there's certain notes that don't work. But like, I can hit the low notes, which are like, and then the high notes are like. But I can't Here, make a song out of it yet. Here's it's, how smart Zoom is. Zoom was literally like, nope, we don't need that. And it like, cut it out. <laughs> cut out. Like, you could still hear it, but it, it artificially lowered. But if that, here, does it do it when I whistle? Oh, yeah, yours works fine. Huh. It was just that instrument is like, no, no robots, please. And I'm I'm trying to twirl drumsticks too. That's my new now it's like too blurry. It doesn't work right now. Uh, that's pretty slow, impressive. You can see it. Yeah, there we go. I've been mean to get back into learning poi because it was bringing me joy to get um to learn it, which I'm terrible What's at. What's poi? Nose flute? The spinny um you know like they'll be on fire if someone's really good but it's just like a ball that's like oh, a cool. ball on a string that's um, cool it's a really good writer's tool you know how i use the pomodoro of like focusing for 30 minutes and then taking a five or ten minute break it's the perfect thing to get out of your because it, you can't just be like i'm just going to sit here for five minutes because you'll still keep thinking of the thing mm -hmm. yeah your um, brain wants to eat itself yeah and so it's the perfect way to like get those shower thoughts out during the break is to like spin poi or do something like spin that spin poi interesting so but well, i mean i'm sure it's the same as playing instruments and stuff no it's I completely know. different it has nothing to do with playing <laughs> instruments. i must obtain one of these can i apologize can we edit spinners. that out can i take that out what if that was the thing that in in my career that i'm like god can we oh geez i don't want <laughs> i don't want people getting <laughs> out that i that i compared a musical instrument to spinning poi that's the thing that gets me canceled yeah so let's see i mean as far as our new show we don't have to name it just yet but it's i fun like to... that idea the look mom no meaning yeah like, i mean so could we use words? that artwork yeah easily could, i own oh, the rights could we to be it. on a bicycle built for two even better uh, and oh, have look mom no meaning <laughs> Yeah, and it's us riding a bicycle. And yeah, there's, uh, I'm noticing a lot of comedians are really tripling down on the podcast world. So we mentioned your mom's house earlier. Your mom's house has, so there's the main show. Yeah. There's, there's two bears, one cave, which is Tom Segura and Bert Kreischer. Yeah. There's where my mom's at, which is Christina P and other moms. There's Dr. Drew after dark, which is Christina P and Dr. Drew. There's Bill Burt podcast. And these are all like on the same family. I love that. Or history hyenas. They each do like 17 shows each. Uh, yeah. Tuesdays with stories. They each have their own five things. And I'm like, I, I need... I need a different, a, another different show. 
Dude, I'm so down. I'm so down. And now we've documented the origin of it. If we ever follow through with it, which I think we yeah. will, because where or are we going to go? Be the right, first one. No. Uh, oh yeah, it could be. It could be. Hmm. I mean, we'd have to say something in the beginning. Hmm. Maybe this is the beginning, and I just put I, it at the end. <laughs> that's. I mean, that's not a bad idea because it's going to be about like evolved emergent properties and stuff, and how they come into being. And this is like you're playing. This is we captured the origin story, right? Yeah. yeah what if we made this one the first one? This should be the first one. I yeah, because we this haven't idea. we haven't done any rainbow brain skull things yet, and the only two rainbow brain skull things I do are the ten seconds of silence and the the ten seconds of not silence, the ten seconds of glossolalia, which and, I think you might have missed that. And can't we can't we just make this also for our first one? We're also making it a here we are, and we're making it a rainbow skull hour, and this is the first one on each of our podcasts uh, you know this is the episode on each of our podcasts plus our new podcast to advertise it maybe i'm like you're you're fine to do that i'm always weird about uh doubling like i always want my i always want the show to be itself like when a well, show is like well here's an episode of me on another guest's show like yeah, that yeah. cheating. i mean yeah you can just uh, i guess if this is how the partnership's gonna work is you just shit on every idea that i have then, yep. uh, no <laughs> then now, now we should now we break up by the end of this <laughs> <laughs> you know what nah man <laughs> It was a nice idea for a while, but it was just, it just, no offense. It just got to be like a bad roommate situation. Yeah. I don't like what you said about instruments. You compared a sacred <laughs> thing such as an instrument to a ball on a string. That I don't ain't right. That you just, you know that I can't do impressions. And so when you start doing a impression, you're on an uneven playing field and, 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 oh, now, okay. It remains the genius that can do all these impressions just because I only have the, oh yeah, well, okay. I can do the one <laughs> thing here and it's okay. And people like that, but I only got that one and you're so multifaceted. That's just your normal voice. The other one is the impression. <laughs> that's the one you're going to put on i think i think that i think that taking that look ma no motivation are are we different are you the rainbow and i'm the gray maybe maybe it changes it it can be pretty loose since it's about evolution maybe yeah it's an evolution podcast about the evolution of this podcast (laughs) um I mean, there's no need to overthink it because the only reason people would tune in is because they're into what I do or they're into what you do or they're especially into what we both do. I think that that I I bet there is a portion of people that like there's some people that check into the Here We Are podcast and aren't like rabid fans. And there's people that check into the Rainbow Skull uh, 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 Sorry, what's the name again? <laughs> oh, Rainbow, Rainbow Brain, Brain Skull. Skull. Rainbow, yeah. I, I was thinking There's, in my head it would also be called Rainbow Shane Skull, but then it's like, it's to me and also to you. And it's not yeah. both. Um, but it was, but so, so there's people that are checking in, enjoy it from time to time that would find this combination, they would be like, oh, this is my fate. I, I, I bet they would, I bet there's people out there that would be like, religious listeners to a show 
um, that's both of us that are like check-in listeners for one or the other. Yeah. I, I really think so. And I've been, I mean, this is hands down. I mean, you know, you're the first person I contact all the time when I have a new project and like want to do whatever and collaborate. So, so yeah, it's settled. It's, it's us riding on a bike. It's appearing I, I, on. I think so. Should we put it on YouTube? Do you YouTube think that I just ha- podcast? Maybe YouTube too, just to see how it goes. I, I, I think so. Like, I don't know how YouTube works and I've been super discouraged um, by the numbers that I'm, that I'm getting, but I've also like done nothing to like, I'm I'm just like, I've just like prayed to the YouTube gods. (laughs) I I haven't, I haven't like put in the legwork of like, Oh, you put in these keywords and stuff like that. Like I'm really sloppy with that end of things. And, but like with an accountability buddy, um, I bet we could do like, dude, the descriptions that you do in the, in the slides and the carousel for the rainbow, sc- uh, brain skull hour <laughs> is, is like fucking fantastic. Those, those you mean like, for, the, all, for the podcast, right? Yeah. 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 Oh, okay. Yeah. And, yeah. And like, that's, that stuff is like, so I'm, I'm lacking so much of that. Um, that uh, stuff. So, yeah, we just like pick a topic each time or something. Yeah, and we don't even, oh shit. And we don't have to even stay on. I just knocked over a bottle with nothing in it. And it was my own fault because I was spinning the drumstick and it just smacked the bottle down. But that's yeah. on audio. You know what we could do is like, you know, another thing that I like is the like never ending infinite complexity of all things and like the fractal like nature of like of information like expanding in every which direction in every way and the closer you look at something the more complicated like you know one question oh i thought you hated that that's why i got you socks for christmas instead of the ever expanding <laughs> complexity of all things i should have gotten you the ever expanding complexity of all things not socks <laughs> fuck no wonder you don't wear the socks. But wouldn't it be great? What if we what if we listened back to this conversation, pulled out some like concepts from it and like made each of those their own episodes, see where that goes, and then like just keep on and then keep on doing that. And then like, oh, what what from that last episode? should we like expand and make its own thing? I don't know. I'm cool. Just... That could be your job. My, I'll do, I I'll do, do the that. art. I'll do the art stuff and I'll upload the actual audio and do that mixing, but listening back to it and pulling out concepts, all you, I ain't listening back to anything. I like to, I like I'll... to just make it and put it out there. Oh, me too. I hate listening back, but I, I'll do it. I'll, if you I'll, want to, I'll, we don't I'll, have to because no, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it with this. Okay. And yeah, I was just if, joking. If, I don't want to put extra work on you, but I no, love- no, no. I love this idea. And, and if in doing that, if I, if I can identify some highlights to give you timestamps, if you'll put, put the stamps in. Them, yeah. If you'll, if you'll cut them then we'll be a real YouTube show. For YouTube highlights. Yeah, those people that are actually Dude. segmenting their show, it's wild. And um man, what was that? That's the way to about? do it. I had some it thought so much on sense. the on the somethings. It's gone now. 
Should we should we be pretentious and call this episode zero? Where it's like <laughs> this isn't a podcast yet. Episode zero. <laughs> well, we have to now. Yeah, we do. Episode zero of Lookma <laughs> No Meaning or Lookma No Motivation or Lookma No Meningitis or whatever. Maybe it's just called Lookma. It's like why is it called Lookma? And I like uh, back to did I bring up history hyenas? I think I did. I like that. Some some episodes they're not they barely talk about the history. They're like it's what it is because sometimes we're mostly hyena, sometimes we're just a little bit history. And yes, the show is just reading off of Wikipedia while we insert our own bullshit. But that's what yeah, we're here yeah. For. yeah. Um, sweet. Well, if you like that, we could just be um, bros that don't obsess about war and use that to characterize all of 200,000 years of human existence. Oh yeah, history is just war. <laughs> Comment on other aspects of Non-war history is like in a pamphlet and everything else gets its own, <laughs> every battle gets its own book. And docu-series. And oh yeah, it else. does. It's funny and it's that funny. Like, I'm sure I'm sure someone's made this joke already, but to to be a straight white male, to get a Netflix special, you have to be a serial killer. That's the only way. <laughs> Like, we're not booking any straight white males that haven't killed a dozen people. Yeah, that is funny. And and that is, there. there's also the, I tweeted this out the other day, which I'm, gosh, I'm more proud of my Twitter than I thought that I was, other than how it comes off. But the, oh, that's not good. It does help me. <laughs> it helped one. So here, my approach to Twitter is that this is open mic night. Like, I'm not mm, that's what it was supposed to be. Yes. I'm not gaining new fans from this. Like no, uh. I might get some new ones, but just as many are going to leave. I'm trying out fucking bits and much of it isn't going to work. But, um, but I, I had one that was t- talking about like the people, people are like, the news, which I made an album all about the negativity bias and made points just like this. But often I see people now say like, oh, the news is like people people will use this to delegitimize like actual concerns like climate change or whatever else. They'll say like, oh, the, the news is just taking these like statistical anomalies and they're embellishing for for ratings the these like really scary uh, like anecdotes that aren't representative of of the just go for a walk it's nice outside you won't see uh, a furniture store on fire or whatever but then people will be like and if you keep letting the news do that it'll be just like one of the two world wars that I always mention <laughs> to characterize all of human history. So listen to my perspective instead of like the the news, because if you don't, the hell that will be <laughs> befall you will will be just like that genocide that everyone know. It'll be just like what Hitler did. Oh yeah, there's no shortage of comparing to Hitler. <laughs> and like people like to get clever with it like, "Oh, I'll compare him to Joseph Goebbels or Himmler." Uh, I had did you ever see in Austin I did that um um that 
it was my one sound cue joke ever. Um, and it's what's it called when, um, when, when you can, um, everything compared to Hitler. It's like, it's like the, oh yeah. So, um, my one, I was like, I built this joke robot and it fixes, it fixes my jokes. So I'm going to tell a joke. We'll see how it does. And then the joke robot is going to fix it. And so I go, I think that everyone that believes in Godwin's law is a Nazi. And then people are like, huh? And I'm like, oh, see, didn't get a laugh. I, I think maybe what the problem with it is, is that people aren't familiar with Godwin's law. And Godwin's law is that everyone makes Nazi analogies to everything all of the time. And people are like, oh, oh, that's funny. Well, maybe the joke robot will have figured out a way to like fix this or whatever. And then it just in a robot voice just says the exact same thing. I believe that people who believe in Godwin's law is a Nazi. And then just 30 seconds of a fart sound <laughs> afterwards. And that's all the joke robot. I didn't does. see it coming, and it's so <laughs> obvious. <laughs> that's old Shane, like, loving to build up, like, a ridiculous expectation. And then, shoop. For a fart, which is the, <laughs> it, it cuts through everything. It really, I, and I, I love, I've always loved the dichotomy of my, my, my structures were always set, take low hanging fruit topics and references and make them smart and take smart sounding things and make them dumb mm. like i've always loved playing around with with that dichotomy <laughs> you're yeah. good at it yeah so i have like real sciencey dick jokes um and then i have like dicky sciencey jokes <laughs> that's <laughs> yeah. not a beaker that's my cock and balls <laughs> Sir, sir, you're no longer welcome welcome at this establishment. We're never giving you a guest spot again. <laughs> I I hope that, What was that joke that uh you, you said like April Macy had where it was like that doesn't stink. You know what stinks? Your grandfather's asshole. And it had nothing to do with anything. Like, why am I conjuring my grandfather's ass? Was that, that was her bit, right? Yeah, it was something yeah, yeah. like that. Yeah, she she indulged in low-hanging fruit quite a bit, which was funny because, like, naturally talking, she was so fun. Like, our podcast was, like, so funny. and But just, like, what, what one of those, I've made the same mistake, gets in front of a crowd and is, like, I'll just go, go for the low hanging fruit and like whatever gets the last pays the bills, you know. Um, but uh, just to talk shit about my ex for no reason whatsoever. <laughs> she's a lovely woman. Um, <laughs> she's she's just been listening to this whole thing. But will you next time you're talking about me to someone else, like if my name comes up in a situation, will you just do that? Like as an impression of, <laughs> of, of, of me, of like, that's have you, have you heard my <laughs> <laughs> That's my cock. <laughs>
Paul. See, that's it's, what this podcast has to be about. You you bring up like science history, and then I make jokes about beakers being cock and balls. As uh, as Jordan <laughs> Peterson. And let's see if I can. I I can't well, do a Michaela yet. I haven't thought about it enough. I'm I'm too attached to science. Like that's the other thing is like I love it too much. Like and I get uh, like. This this is like me with big black cock. <laughs> no, that'd be funny if it was true though. No, it's more funny when it's not true. <laughs> it would have been funny either way. <laughs> you cannot lose with that. <laughs> it's like well, it's like there was a fucking apocalypse and Still, like the, the one of the most memorable scenes of 2020 is that black dude. Wait, which one? <laughs> the heavy set black dude on a bed that's just butt naked with his huge fucking dong hanging out. Oh, I haven't even seen this. Oh my god, how have you not seen? That? What's the context and when? When did it there come out? No context. It just forward. It just got shared a lot. <laughs> it's just like this. The way this guy looks in this is just like it's just it's just one of those things that lives in your brain forever. <laughs> Once you see it, oh, I can't believe you haven't. But you seen said that. you're you're too attached to science. I'm a I'm a little too like I do I I notice that I take it too seriously, and uh and like I also it's not even what what happens is it's not like hey I'm not joking around about science it's that I forget to like like I'll, i get so immersed and wrapped up that i i forget to like oh yeah and you can like also have some laughs a lot <laughs> along the way too. i think some- you don't want your guest to close off like you don't you don't want to be too serious but also you don't uh maybe if you're too funny and you turn on the joking too much then they might appear as though like oh i'm the straight man here yeah, and therefore yeah, yeah. I, I don't get to be myself and it's a like, tricky yeah, thing. Academics like to make like TED Talk style jokes where like there's a laugh, but then let's be serious for the next five minutes and then a laugh. Whereas yeah. comics are like, let's be serious for a little bit and then get mostly laughs. Well, I'll, I'll tell you, not that I would expect you to uh, listen to Here We Are. I, I don't listen. I don't listen to anyone's podcasts ever. It's like, uh, it, it's not, that's not something I'm proud of. I wish I did. I just like every time I mean to, I don't. Anyhow. Um, since COVID and since doing things remotely, it's like, it, it, it's been this like cathartic release of like the buttoned up academic and they're like way more because it used to be, it used to be the case that I would have a conversation with someone. It'd be a great conversation. We'd hit stop. And then they'd be like, you know, when you're saying this, it reminds me of that. It would be like the funniest, most mind blowing, most incredible. I'd be like, motherfucker, you waited till I wasn't recording. And it's because it's like a little bit like, "Mm, I'm not sure if I should. That's like that's a little too speculative or that's like Mm -hmm. a little bit outside of my field. So I'm going to be careful. And then like when well, those things are now coming out. 
that's one of it's been one of the most beautiful things of this whole experience. That's so cool because before you would often be in their office, so you're a little more like you know closed off because oh I'm in the ivory tower and they're also in their ivory tower. They're still working on tenure. They don't want to lose tenure or lose their grants or any of that stuff. But now you're both sitting where you beat off and look at X hamster and Pornhub all day yeah, yeah. and neither of you are wearing pants probably so you're bo- both like loose enough to to it's, actually be yourselves it's like it's night and day and it's made my podcast so much better and it's made me come along so much more as a host and like man um like a good example there's one i did recently for listeners that have never listened to my podcast before called courage to suffer which is the title of a book of a therapist and um and a uh, sounds like a like a Republican senator that was a Navy SEAL. It, like, was, it sounds like one of those types of books. Courage, it, but yeah. courage, and then in smaller font to suffer. It was it was a uh, it was a uh, based on research from both a therapist, a married couple as a therapist, and a um, and a psychologist who studied like the psychology of mythology. And was and they're both. That's a Dell the Funky Homo Sapien lyric. <laughs> sure is. What, what was it? Psychology of mythology. Yeah, huh. and um, and they had a tragedy befall them, and they found that the normal therapeutic interventions were trying to like dismiss like what they were feeling what was and the tragedy? their losses. Um, Kid, their 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 um, the dude's brother died from something that was then revealed to be a rare disease that he might also have. And then they, from that realized they might not be able to have kids. Uh, But anyway, in the episode, like I talked about, yeah. And the, I I talked about, um, um, you know, suicide and suicidal thoughts a bunch. And, and like, normally I think, your average like academic or whatever would have been a lot more cautious. And they did ask me to afterwards, can you like, can you say something about like a suicide hotline or something like that at the beginning, you know, as a disclaimer. Um, But it was like such an open and interesting and like meaningful conversation that under normal circumstances, an academic would have been too closed off to have. And I feel the same thing is happening with families right now it's just like we don't know how to talk to one another because it's like you're you were used to talking about the packers and the weather and now everyone's getting up to speed on politics and like feeling very like i don't know what it's like with your family but we just talk about the virus every time and uh how like that people are being stupid and they don't listen and did you hear that did you hear that california is now number one it's the number one in cases. I'm like, oh, really? That's terrible. Yeah. So you guys are being safe, right? Yeah, yeah. We're being safe. You don't go anywhere, right? No, we haven't gone anywhere in months. Okay, good. Because if you go somewhere, it's not safe. Gotcha. And you shouldn't go anywhere. And then like it's that. But then every week it's Truman Show of the of the phone. Yeah, that's that's interesting. And that that's it's funny that we. I need to get into the Packers or some shit. I need to start bringing up the Packers. My, my extended family went to a Trump rally like three days before the election. Holy there shit. Was one and took proud. That's like a different level. Like there's, there's voting Republican. Oh, shit. 
They yeah. took what selfies? Proud maskless selfies and posted on social media um, supporting the greatest president the United States <laughs> has ever had. So I, that's, I get that's why what, he's like, I mean, you understand my tweets a little bit more. Oh, no, <laughs> I have been understanding your tweets fully. And I mean, I get. I get why people like him. I get the charisma and the humor and stuff, but the the liking him as as the leader and like kind of looking the other way on all the on the bad stuff is you know. But I mean, the, it goes back to the tribalism. They like uh, to be part of the tribe of the Democrats that voted for Trump, and there was a lot of them, and uh, ju- just like um, when twenty sixteen or this year, in in twenty sixteen. Okay. Um, of the Democrats that voted for Trump in. Because that's a different Trump vote. I feel like a 2016 Trump oh, vote versus a 2020. Let's mix it up a little quite, bit. Yeah. We'll see what happens. It's all a dumpster fire anyway. Let's add gasoline to it. I remember mm-hmm. all of that fun, those fun predictions. Um, well, they had, um, oh shit, what was I saying? Um, Family Trump oh, uh, photo. Yeah. Ah. I forget the point that I was going. Oh, yeah, yeah. So something like, so of the Democrats that voted for Trump in in 2016, something like 80%, don't don't quote me on that number, but it's in that ballpark of that level of highness, something like 80% of them had seen and watched The Apprentice. Uh, the apprentice 80 percent. it was it was like the defining characteristic was that it was very likely that they had watched the apprentice and so people were like i guess this is how business works which i don't know if you ever saw the i saw like half of an episode and it was like hey you five people you want to work for me go out and uh go out and sell hot dogs on the street and whoever sells the most hot dogs today gets to be my apprentice and so there's people with like business degrees and stuff. They're like, okay, I'm selling hot dogs on this. It wasn't like, it was like a game show. It wasn't like Shark Tank where it's like, oh, these people are going to put money in. They're investing in oh. like a real See, product. I just merged those in my head together. Like when I think Shark Tank and Apprentice, I just figure it's the same show. Shark Tank is pretty dope, actually. It's a it's a pretty good way to understand like the some of the decisions that happen in like actual small business decisions that what they have to do and to innovate and to in, invest something. Um, whereas uh, The Apprentice was all made up, like you, you know, it was it was also just that era of of a reality show where everything was contrived, where there's like writers making lines for the Duck Dynasty people and stuff to say that were like, can you believe these Hollywood lips? <laughs> it was like a scripted line that someone in Hollywood yeah. that loved their job put right for those people to say. Man. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like that it's like, he brought the whole like MTV's cribs um to the to the table, you know. Who did? Uh, Donald Trump. It's like it's got that like vibe to it. He, like a, he's behind cribs or you're saying no, he brought No, it's just the... like that's the kind of vibe that he brings. A lot of like like I saw someone describe America recently with like everything going on as um as a third world country with a Gucci belt. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. And that's like 
that's very much like the vibe that he brought to the table. Uh, that's yeah, like, I mean, the Simpsons predicted it for a reason where that's the the logical, maybe Rage Against the Machine did too, but it's the logical conclusion of, well, at this rate, you're going to end up with basically actual Donald Trump as president. And we did. And now it's four years later. Yeah. Yeah. We did it. We lived through it. Four years of every day, him taking up some register of your brain. And he still is because, you know, we've brought him up a lot on this episode. But yeah, there's going to be all this Trump content. And it, it what was, I never it, had a single mental health issue before Donald Trump. <laughs> I, I didn't. I started, uh, I mean, other than chronic depression, um, but I never but I never had a full blown manic. So the 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 you can see from my Twitter time, like. Uh, November 8th, 2016, I said, I'm not doing well right now. <laughs> February, when he took office, it also has to do with business things because they started all the censorship fired up because they were trying to figure out how to attack, combat this, like, like all the bullying and all the misinformation. And so then shit like putting a face that has cartoon eyeball on it or whatever uh, is, is getting swept up by, you know, yeah, AIs that don't know what they're doing that are, that are categorized that are lumping in the better safe than sorry kind of thing that I'm now having to jump through all of these hurdles. So it put, put the brakes on what was going really, really well. And, 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 and then Trump takes office. And then I had that I had my first panic. I went to a hospital cause just to make sure that I wasn't having a heart attack. That was when he took office. But the first time I went to the psych ward, it had a lot to do with psychedelics. It also had to do with him fighting with Kim John Eel or Kim John Hill Un um about about the nuclear it was when he was like calling him little rocket man oh that was we had we were in such good times then i mean by comparison that was like when we had it good yeah and then uh yeah and that was yeah and then the last time i gave up on humanity was over the mask thing sturges sturges was another one where i gave humanity too much credit who's sturges <laughs> sturges motorcycle rally Surge's um, motorcycle rally. Uh, yeah, you're on. Are you being serious right now? Yeah, I don't know what Surge's is. St Maybe I'll know once you say Sturges is a motorcycle rally in North Dakota. Sturges. It, no, I'm. I'm not in that demo. I don't think it usually has uh, Sturge's motorcycle. It usually has like um, um, four hundred thousand people a year is that Luck? the same as like in austin when all the bikes would come through is that the same thing yeah there's different motorcycle rally sturges is the biggest one but is that the one that would come through austin or am i thinking of like rot rally or something i the don't know uh, anyway that's besides the point what's what's about sturge rally that's interesting that it's so big of a thing to you and yet i didn't even spell it right in the search yeah, it's well. It was it was the largest gathering in the entire world since COVID, and so leading up to it, there was like the town decided they were going to have it, and I was like, "Wow, that seems crazy," and then and then there was projections that half the number of people were going to go there, so like a quarter million people instead of a half a million, let's say, to make things easy, and I and I thought to myself, "No way." People are smarter than this. 
there's not going to be a half a million. Like it'll be way less than half the number of people uh, uh, in past years. And then I saw a story that after it was said and done, it was 6% less. And I was like, no, it wasn't only 6% less. I'm going to read that. This is probably like some liberal thing or whatever. And then I look and I'm like, nope, this is there. This is like in their local paper. This is like the count that they did that they're proud of counting the same way that they count each year. I believe it. I believe that that 6% just died. That 6% already died of COVID. Actually, you know what it was? That 6% was the amount that would normally come internationally. Oh, (laughs) I thought you were going to say margin of error. That 6% was the statistical margin. The same exact number of Americans that go to Sturges every other year went to Sturges during a global pandemic. Of course, it's not real. And they're the only people that usually wear a face covering. (laughs) And so to be rebels, this is the one year, like they've literally in the past, they've gone to court to not be discriminated against for wearing face coverings. That's hilarious. (laughs) And then they went there to see Buck Cherry, by the way, was like the headliner. And is that safe tonight? No, like that's the break of dawn. Come no, tomorrow. no, Buck Cherry was actually decent. They had the oh. I'm on a plane with cocaine. Um, I was gonna say, what's the other one? That, what, that what was the only tonight? other, hmm, I'm not sure. It's some eagle eyed cherry or like, like ass eyed cherry or something, something with the cherry in it, whatever. <laughs> I was gonna say, like, there's not gonna be all these bikers that are like, I gotta hear Save Tonight, Fight the uh, Break of Dawn. Um, oh, who, who does Hey Now, I'm an All Star? Smash Mouth. Smash Mouth was the main headliner. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. (laughs) And so this was like, you know, a lot of like Harley Davidson had pulled out and stuff. And usually so it wasn't even like as good as like by nature of most businesses pulled out of it. It was in the same number of people still went out of their way during. And then they were having they were having um, sneezing contests in indoor bars. And I know that because the guy, there was a guy who went to Sturges that was like, oh, I'm going to talk to the newspaper about like things are getting a little out of hand around here. And this guy was like, yeah, I do think that people aren't taking COVID seriously. I take it seriously because I almost died from it. <laughs> so, and, and the docs say I have 40% the lung capacity that I have. So this guy's now on his last leg. He already had COVID. This is a time that they weren't sure if people could get COVID again, like right away. It seems to be a low-ish number right now, but we still don't know for sure um, what's going on with that. But he's certain, sure as fuck didn't, and then was going to this massless thing. And then he was indoors at a bar. And, and this was the Overton window hadn't shifted as much as it has since this time. This is the very first big gathering like this. And... And then he he um, he went into a bar, and then once a ma- maskless in a bar, and then once they started having a sneezing contest, this dude was like, nah, 
I got a bronze the limit. That was the limit. <laughs> Enough's enough. And then like went and ran to a journalist to be like, hey, write this down. They're getting a little too wild in there. Just so you know, I'm not no. about that. <laughs> I missed that whole little episode. And that shows that how, how quick the news cycle moves where I didn't even take that in. But I will say that I do actively avoid uh, news because there's only so much time in the day. And why would yeah. I... Why would I do that other than to promote some facade of myself that is informed? It's much easier to just be agreeable. Yeah, it is easy to be. But don't you. So you put the same thing on every you. You have a new piece of work and you're putting it on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook and everything else. See, I view social media as like, hey, Twitter's my open mic. I'm a little shit. And then Instagram is like agreeable, Shane, for the most part, is like a really toned down, um, like happier version of Shane. And then like Facebook, I just don't really use. Um, yeah, to, but I, I mean, like there's the no wrong way to people. there's no wrong way to eat a Reese's, but I do like the um, I, I try to keep in mind that all of these can go the way of my space and. I, I want to produce stuff that if all the social media platforms went away, I would still have the work as opposed to like, well, it looks like all those tweets were for nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, you know, like I said, Twitter is not benefiting my career in any way, but it's benefiting my writing in some, in some ways. And, and, and some of my stuff is like just cataloging, like there's, there's thoughts that I'm putting together. And so it's like an easier way. I know I'm not going to look back at my journal, but I will some Sometimes I could go back through like, I wonder what I was tweeting around that time. I, I had a, I had an idea about like this conspiracy theorist stuff or whatever. Yeah. It's not all waste, of course. And um, also being specific to each platform is a better strategy, but I don't have the, the bandwidth to yeah. do it. Right. Um, I mean, I'm just, I'm just spewing creativity. So I, I just need all these different outlets. That's not true at all. <laughs> we do that. It is true. We do need you and I both need that. And I think we get really depressed if we're not, not like, Oh, you need to be showering me with attention for no reason, but we do need an audience. We do need to be talking it out or expressing it out. Like yeah. it's no life to just be looking at the screen and taking in information and then circling it in your own head and, Sometimes I, speaking I, for 10 minutes, some places that ain't it. I didn't, I started going into the trending topics like a few months ago for the first time. But before that, I, I don't, I don't actually look at Twitter or Instagram. Like I don't, I hadn't until COVID ever looked at, I just like put my own thing out there. Like, I don't care who sees it, whatever. I'm not, and, and I don't, I don't do the thing that you're supposed to do. Like, I'm going to retweet my friend and then they're going to retweet me. And like all that, I just like, I don't want to get sucked in. Remember I, follow Friday. Remember how small Twitter was where it's like, follow Friday, follow Pete Holmes, Kumail Nanjiani. Yeah. Chelsea Peretti, and then they like tweet back like they're, their their Valentines. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like like people were actually doing Follow Friday, there's, and there's, it actually led to people following because it was a smaller group. There's still people that do Follow Fridays. No, they don't. There's we one need to person round them that up. does does a Follow Friday, and someone in the Friday recently was like, "Cause I'm in, 
I'm in it. And they were like, um, like the tides, like it, it's, it's, it's like this person just has it scheduled that like every Friday, like the same number of people are going to get like, uh, you know, a follow Friday, like shout out or whatever. At that point, it's just like, you just want to remind those people that you are like exist. Yeah. That's all we can hope for. Well, uh, we've been I, doing like three hours, right? This let's is a perfect first episode. And, yeah. So and let's bank it, figure out the permanent name and image where we're going to put it. But episode zero, here we are. I love it. And it Great started job. out as not a show. And then in the middle, we're like, we should do a regular show. <laughs> and then now we're in the regular show. I love it. So I should we it. let's pick a day too. Maybe we can do it off air, but like pick a day, like what every week. And then if it doesn't work, we'll change it. But if, if it has to happen every week, then we'll make it happen. Yeah. I, I would like to, I would like to maybe get like a couple. So, so if, if we, if one of us like gets the sads and we need to like skip a week sometime or we can't get the time to work out, I don't foresee that happening, but let, let's, let's plan on having a day, but let's have if, one in the bank. Yeah. I'd, I'd love to even schedule it on the days that we might have a sad. So then oh, yeah. like, so then we have to show up and yeah, like, yeah, maybe yeah. we'll just be sad for an hour and be like, well, I just couldn't go on today. And I didn't have the energy to even get in the shower and shower is my favorite part of the day. And then we become bigger than Rogan for some reason. We're shooting well, bow and arrows. And I think that, uh, I did have a joke about how when I'm a gatekeeper, I'm uh, when you're if you want to ingratiate yourself to me as a gatekeeper in science comedy, you need to obsess over badminton and <laughs> only make badminton references when you're trying to like with your life philosophies. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I miss badminton. Badminton uh, rocks. Um, but. I I think that when do people like people like Monday releases? Is that right? I don't know. Who knows what people like? People like Doja Cat and Lizzo. <laughs> and and the, the Kamala Harris Who photo from the 80s. I don't know what like. they like. Not not that's, we're not what this people is like. Approaching, that's not a bad name either. What what is the name? What people we're what not people what like? people like. We're not what people like. And no, we shouldn't be thinking of what people like. We should be thinking of how do we how do we, we avoid the people that will ourselves. hate us? I actually was saying this all of the time on stand up science, like that that you know, when someone like clearly like they were there just for comedy and like it was too sciencey to be a show for them or whatever. Or they're like upset. I wasn't talking about LSD and instead have a, a you know, biologist or whatever. Um, I, I would say, I would always say to the audience, I'm looking for better fans, not necessarily more of them. Yeah. And, and I, it's absolutely like, because you could have had a ton of fans if you just had a regular ass show where you made fun of woke culture, or made fun of Trump, or anytime I start having what even approaches success, I will start just cannibalizing my audience of like, like yeah, it, 
uh, and you might think like, oh, well, you were in a bubble, uh, like no mega follows you. Well, not anymore. Sure. But that's because I've weeded them out. Like I used to be on Bob and Tom all the time. I had like, I had like more mega type fans. I had just as many mega type fans, like percentage wise as like anything else. And I was like, yep, I'm abandoning this. Cause I went on a tour. I went on a Bob and Tom tour and I was like, oh, well, that's not what I'm going to perform to. <laughs> like, even the show, like, would go well and everything, but, like, what I would have to do for the show to do well, like, no, absolutely I think Duncan's not. doing the same thing in a little, in a way. Yeah, yeah. Like, Duncan went through a period, maybe he still is, but maybe he had, he'd cultivated too much conspiracy people, and now it's like, oh, man, I've got to thin this herd a bit. It's getting a little wild. Yeah, yeah, Because Duncan yeah. was all about conspiracies. I think that... I don't know what's going on with Duncan, but he is navigating it in a really thoughtful and interesting way. And like considering like this has been the time for conspiracies and like every pandemic that's ever happened has, you can see like by Dr. Uh, um, Dr. Mike's cure all pill and like newspaper. There's all these like old newspaper clippings and stuff. of Yeah. Like, the original snake like the oil same. where it was literally snake oil. Well, that was actually the problem is it wasn't snake. There, there were actually potentially some benefits to actual snake oil. That's the <laughs> clip right there. <laughs> and, and it was just like someone made something that wasn't snake oil and whoever was making original snake oil actually believed in their in their product enough to go wrangle a fucking snake <laughs> and oil it <laughs> or de-oil it or whatever. Yeah. How much oil do you even get out of a snake? Like that's someone that genuinely believes in what they're doing. And I believe snake oil will, will work if you make it your own because the, the amount of things that you have to do to procure your own snake oil, make it and ingest it like the placebo effect of doing all of that shit will probably better your life. <laughs> yeah. So go make your own snake oil. That's what life's about to me is making your own snake oil that you're selling yourself on that is like benign, but like the narrative will drive you to where you need to go, which is usually a pretty aimless fucking direction, but you yeah. just got to keep moving. Self-fulfilling prophecy. <laughs> All right, so we were trying to end this like 15 minutes ago. So, um, well, this is a good sign that, yeah. that we have so much to talk about. So, what about. do we, I mean, and what I love about different podcasts is like a thing that you do every time on it. So, I mean, Ooh. what do we, how do we say goodbye? Like, keep it, keep shaking, keep shaking to, those buns, hon. Because then That's people our show listen and, to the end for that reward of like a ding. Yeah, and there's like keep a listening. Pavlovian. Well, what if we say something like that, like uh, like a meta Pablo Pavlovian reference? Um, keep on salivating. Keep, keep on. Ding. <laughs> and we say like, ding. We don't even have a sound effect. We just go keep on salivating, honey. Ding. And then when they see us I'm, in public, we're like, yeah, it's us. It gets tiring that people say it. But I do love interacting with fans. We have really good listeners. We have the smartest listeners. One of my listeners graduated from college. I mean, I will tell you that I know different listeners from different 
podcasts from touring of like, this is, these are the people that know me from Bob and Tom. These are the people that know me from Pete Holmes, from Marin, from Rogan, from Duncan. And it's way different. Oh, I forgot Marin loves you. We should have Marin on. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's the only guest we ever have, just him once. <laughs> what is this shit? Okay. Uh, but oh, and to finish my thought on Duncan, I once saw him. So here's a case study. I saw both him and Rogan make the same post in like June that was like, the who now says we don't need to do like distancing or something. It was like some, it was some made up thing. It was a fake news thing. They both were like, see, these scientists don't know what the hell is going on. And then it was retracted the next day and Rogan didn't do anything. And Duncan went on and said, hey, guys, I guess this was retracted. This was me catching myself, seeing the shit that I wanted to believe at the time. Sorry for spreading like bad information. And that is why Duncan Trussell is my fucking hero, because <laughs> he might be into conspiracies and and like, you know, have have some buy into like some of the same shit that hooks other conspiracy people. But he also will be like, well, I don't want to be a fucking idiot and wrong. And like, I'll listen to like, what what is the, what's wrong with this? Like, I'll listen to the reasons why I shouldn't think this and hear it's it It's like all. what Ramdas says, man, you gotta <laughs> apologize the day after you. So I like, I read some bullshit, man. And I like to apologize the next day because Ramdas would call this Somnasara, which is putting your soul into the perspective of the other person, which is you. That's what's wild about it. So when you engaged in polyamory, you're literally fucking yourself. And it's beautiful, man. It's beautiful. You gotta try it. I'm sorry. I just went off on a rant there. I'm sorry. I love Duncan. He's so good. You're so good. We're good. We're the goods. We're, We're the good. Keep salivating, honeys. Ding. That's going to catch on. I'm going to get shirts made before the podcast even out. Keep on salivating, honeys. Uh, uh, can, we, can we do it at the same time? All right. Three, two, one. Keep, keep salivating, salivating, Barbara. Oh, wait, whoop. wait, is it keep on salivating? I'm going to say a random name each time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, Barbara's good. Because Barbara's that's, good. Keep that's on the, salivating, right? Or keep salivating? Um, Let's keep on salivating. Keep. Oh, you're right. Keep salivating. And you say, you say like honey or some sort of other ridiculous yeah, honey. thing to call someone. I'll say a different name. Each okay. That'll keep people sucked in because people will want to hear their name. Yeah. Maybe you your know, name like, will come up. <laughs> maybe it'll be your name. Hey, if we say your name on the show, you get free merchandise, 10% off our 10% off select merchandise uh, that day hey i'm a barbara uh, people email i'm a barbara give me that so you get 10 percent off the highest margins merchandise we have we sell uh we sell drop shipping sweatshirts for a hundred dollars which you can get for 90 
Uh, yeah, so keep salivating, hun. <laughs> Ding! Thanks for listening to episode zero, everybody. Tune in to episode one to see us form more structure around the podcast, our plans for the future of the podcast, and see us break down topics such as the subconscious, motivation, habit forming, and where ideas come from and why that idea gets placed in front of the other idea. Why am I saying this instead of something else? And also be sure to tune in to our Patreon that's patreon.com slash mindunderpod, where you can catch an entirely other series called Mind Under Art, where Shane talks to me about art pieces I've made, fans can mail questions, and it's a longer community forum discussion that's a ton of fun. So join the Patreon at patreon.com slash mindunderpod. See you next episode.